Welcome, welcome, welcome to Armchair Expert. I'm Dan Shepard, and I'm joined by Mrs. Mouse, the maximum one. Hi there. Hi. This long time coming today. Oh, we've been in correspondence for at least maybe two Olympics ago. Oh my God. We are mega fans of Sean White. We've been wanting to talk to him forever. Yes. And part of me thought, is he going to enjoy this? He's an Olympian. Yeah, it's like, this is so lowbrow. It was for him one of our longest conversations of our lives. I don't know what <laughs> made it, but I'll tell you, we chewed the fat yeah. for a day, half a day. He was so lovely and willing to just relax <sighs> to the max with us. Oh, my God. He was so fun. I am in love with him. Sean White, you know, five-time Olympian, three-time Olympic gold medalist in halfpipe. I mean, one of the greatest athletes to ever live. We can just say that. Yeah, of all time. Yeah. It's our Mike Jordan. He's a goat. He's a goat. Big time goat. You're going to love him. Please enjoy Sean White. We are supported by Squarespace. With Squarespace, you can do much more than build a website. You can also sell custom merch. Guys, this is what we do on Squarespace. We have a merch team, and we offer it all on a website beautifully built by WabiWab on Squarespace. Simply design your products, and production, inventory, and shipping are all handled for you. With Squarespace, it doesn't matter what you sell, physical goods, digital products, services, they have all the tools you need to start selling online. Just take one of their professional website templates, then customize the look, update the content, and add features to fit your unique needs. You can make any Squarespace template do what you want so you can stand out online on any device. For a free trial, just head to squarespace.com DAX. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code DAX to save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain. We are supported by Viator. When you're traveling, you want to get there and experience something new and fun. Like recently, I went off-roading in a, on a Mexico vacation. Got to some locations we would have never gotten to otherwise. Got to see a huge waterfall. It was heaven. If you want to make your next trip memorable, you need to visit Viator. It's a website and app that'll help you book fun experiences and adventures all over the world. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences in over 190 countries. Like, now this is something I would do, a tour of Rome's gems on a vintage Vespa. I mean, how else are you going to find that? Or how about a Jeep jungle tour if you're heading to Punta Cana? Fun. Another reason Viator is so great is it has 24-7 service, and you need that when you're on vacation with time zone differences and everything else. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use the code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. That's Viator, V-I-A-T-O-R, with the number 10. He's an So stuff. cute in real life, huh? It's pretty so overwhelming, yeah. But he's a half of a power couple. I don't know if you know. I don't mm-hmm. know. Nina Dobrev. Okay, tell me about Nina. She's a bombshell. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. You don't know her, you'll love her. It's probably safest if I don't know her, to be honest, because I don't want to yeah. Howard Stern it and just talk about her and her physique. Well, we will shout out her wine. Yeah. She sent me some wine. You guys are friends? Yeah. Well, she sent me wine. She started her own company. And it is mm-hmm. really good wine. She's gluten-free, and a lot of wine has 
gluten apparently i'm gluten-free too okay but oh. he's also okay. an alcoholic but i'm an alcoholic oh, yeah. So yeah, she started it with her friend Julianne Huff. Fresh vine wine. And you know when celebrities make wines, normally... Be careful, because you'll probably make one. <laughs> True. <laughs> Don't say something you're going to regret no, in eight months when I... you launch Monica Pickle Padman's. Uh -huh. yeah. You know, you just have to go in with some skepticism. Sure. Is this a cash grab? That's your first thought, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And I'll drink any wine. So I, of course, <laughs> opened it up with low expectations, and it's incredibly good. I appreciate your honesty with low That's expectations. That's like when your friend's like, listen to my demo. And oh. you're like, ooh. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, uh. But then it was In front fantastic. Of you? Yeah. <laughs> Doing that head nod. Like, yeah. I would imagine that's the most common thing that would happen to you. You're in a band yourself. Is that the most common thing where someone's like, hey, will you listen to my demo? No, I mean, I was in a band ages ago. I still play. This is going to air in 2014. Oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're relevant. still in a band yeah. then. Okay, perfect, perfect. People just ask me about resorts. Oh. Where is it snowing and why aren't you there? Oh. Is usually the like, why aren't you in Alaska? <laughs> just uh -huh. like because like, i'm not because i'm not because <laughs> it's cold there but we had a run-in there was an encounter it was 10 years ago at the teen choice awards nina on the topic here you and i actually met we were presenting together at oh, the teen choice awards wow. we're backstage practicing our bit Script? yeah yeah and this smoke show walks by. Uh -huh. We're kind of chit-chatting. She walks the story's by about you and i and nina <laughs> oh, yeah, so yeah 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 that's not possible, but continue. Yeah. So we're backstage. She walks by, and I think we both clock her. You shout out. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where are you going? Oh, the guy's solid gold. Come meet Sean White. And she was just kind of like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. And you're like, what, what do you mean? And are you she, telling me I set you guys up? Well, you negged. Not negged, <laughs> but you. No, I was like my kind of hitting on her for me. Right. He's like, well, look at this guy. Right. Look at the muscles. Look, okay. he's, he's solid gold. And then. <laughs> And then she's like, oh, I got a boyfriend. And you're like, what? What, you don't cheat? Come on, come talk to us. What do you, what do you, you don't cheat? Oh, come on. Old fashioned. What are you, you're, are you a geek? And she just, she laughed and walked off. And then Vampire Diaries, the show she was in, ended up winning the award. Oh my goodness. That you guys were presenting. Yeah. And so there's footage of me like kissing her on the cheek. It was oh, 10 years ago. We didn't so remember cute. it. You don't remember. You know, no. it, was, it was ages ago. Literally. Oh my That is God. crazy. Yeah. So that was our first wow. encounter. I'm very excited <laughs> that I was a part of the. Wow. Yeah. So when you guys re-saw each other, did it click immediately? Like, oh, we met at the Teen Choice Awards? No, but there was a situation where we were trying to keep it, you know, it's like once you get the media involved and people start posting the same stuff. Her friend was scouring the internet for like, Sean White Nina Dobrev for somebody to catch us. She sent her a link like, oh, they got you. And we pull it up and it's the clip from, oh, from the team. Yeah, so that's how it came on the radar and then saw the surfboard. Okay, yeah. you're now in a group of three. This has only happened to me three times. You think it's happened to me more? I, I don't. know, that's probably right, yeah. Number one, met John Hamm somewhere. I'm a huge John Hamm fan. <laughs> I'm, a I'm a June fan. Ham, ham. I'm a huge we John Ham fan, right? <laughs> and yeah. so I'm chatting with him, and he goes, we've already met. And I'm like, no, dude, I would remember meeting you. I'm a huge fan. And then he tells me a conversation we had that clearly we had. And I left there going, I don't understand how that happened because I'm a huge fan. How could I have forgotten that? 
Likewise, I'm an enormous fan of yours. <laughs> I'm worried about my own cognition at this point that okay. I have forgotten that. But I guess it's more just a testament to we all go do these things. There's so many people. It's almost hard yeah. to imprint any of the shit that's going on in that circus. I mean, I'd done a bunch of those award mm-hmm. show type things and yeah. you're kind of there on the clock and you're like, okay, I'll do my part and you either hang around for a second or you leave. I kind of get it. I feel bad about not remembering and I feel good that I was your wingman. Oh, yeah. And I feel then back to guilty that you're right. I probably just wanted to hit on her myself, but yeah, I'm married. I so. like yeah, yeah. You, no, you weren't married then, right? Ten years ago? Oh. The ship had a, sailed. Let's okay. say that. I was okay. already engaged and stuff, I'm sure. Right. I just thought it was hilarious. I got to be more outgoing like he is. I, I remember clocking that. Like, I got to have more fun because I remember going to those things and being like, ugh, like these are these pop stars and my little so world funny. of snowboarding. Do uh, I belong here? Because your fantasy growing up is, you know what, if I end up getting a gold medal i'm pretty sure everywhere i go i'll feel pretty confident and it's very comforting to know no one will put an object in your hand and you'll magically go oh yeah that's right i'm the shit yeah and everywhere yeah. i go i'm the shit okay yeah. you want to hear the third one this one's really embarrassing but do you watch the great the great no it's phenomenal cannot recommend it enough mm. nicholas holt is one of the leads of the show he's tremendous in the show okay i'm a super fan of him he comes on the podcast. He's like, you know, we've done track days together. The motorcycle <laughs> track, and I've talked to you for 40 minutes. And I'm like, this isn't possible. <laughs> Here's my memory of you and I. I follow you on Instagram. Somehow I noticed maybe you followed me or somehow I know that I was all of a sudden DMing with you. And I remember being ecstatic about it. Uh I remember thinking, I can't believe (laughs) Sean White knows who I am enough to DM with me. That's my story of us. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And here we are. This has been in the works for a minute. Yeah. Well, Nina's a huge fan of the show. Oh, she is? Oh, yeah. So she introduced me to the show and she's probably going to be upset because she's like, that's the story I'm going to tell when oh. they invite me. Well, so I stole that. <laughs> Nina, you're invited. Yeah, maybe we'll get her take Hers on it. Hers will be different, I'm oh, sure. sure. <laughs> or like, it was hilarious. She's like, <laughs> Yes, we could find yeah. out something yeah. terrible. Yeah. yeah, His walk away was like, I gotta be more like this dude. And hers might have been like, thank God Sean wasn't like that other <laughs> Maybe asshole. that's why she liked you. because yeah. in, in comparison, yeah. it was like, well, yeah. you seem like a really good person. Yeah. Very polite. Well, Nina, you're invited. We would love to have you on monica so, yeah. will get drunk on your wine during oh, the interview we could drink it during the interview mm-hmm. oh, she'll love first. It. but yeah so she introduced me to the show then i was like oh that'd be so fun to come on the show at some point and then it was like right before the olympics we were maybe talking about it it just gets so hectic oh, before that goes down that's what your just team the told us and all like the, yeah he wants to and he literally is snowboarding 15 hours a day yeah. Yeah. Like, i was just bullshit. going for it <laughs> i was like i'll go i'll wear a lav and i'll try to ride down with him and then it was similar because right after the games we were about to line it up and i was just like i need a break Mm -hmm. yeah understandably (laughs) so i've just done this world tour enjoying myself traveling for fun there's a real kind of manic trajectory of a career like yours of course i've thought about it with phelps i think about it with you you have the most heightened experience of fame it's like Mm -hmm. global Mm -hmm. and everyone's focused on you and then you come home and then that dissipates and then it comes back in this wave and then it goes down and comes back. I would compare it to movie stars who are like hot and they're cold and they're hot yeah, and they're cold. Not because yeah. you've ever gotten cold, just it's the cycle of the sport, whether it's mm-hmm. X Games or the Olympics. Is that hard to get used to? Is it no big deal? Do you appreciate it? It's just so stark on either side of it. It's something I feel like I just got used to. It took me a minute and I was not aware of that or ready for it after my first Olympics. I was 19. 
was 2006. I won the gold and I'd already kind of had some success and recognition within the sport and people would recognize me here and there. But after the Olympics, I couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. Everybody knew my story, what had happened. And thank goodness I didn't know how big the Olympics were until afterwards because uh -huh. I'd have probably been <laughs> way more nervous. Yeah. But I think afterward is when I'm going on this crazy media tour. Everybody's, you know, everywhere I went celebrating. And like you just said, I remember getting home and it was just like quiet. Yeah. <laughs> I just sat there in my my house like, okay, I, I guess I did it. <laughs> you know? yeah. But it's like, uh, and nothing in the sport at that point and still really compares to the Olympics. So it's not like there's a Next Super thing. Bowl every year. It's right. like, yeah. hey, four more years and oh, stay great. Oh, yeah, and stay, stay on it and do it again. That same cycle starts to wear on you and you can't pull from the same place of motivation. You're like, I just got to be great. And then you are great. Yeah. Yes. And you're like, well, be great again. Again yeah. and again. Hey, do it again. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get into so, that in detail, how one keeps that fire yeah. and motivation. But first, I want to hear what your explanation is of why you were such a phenom after the first Olympics. 2006 and you get gold. What is your explanation for why it was so notable? Let's put it this way. Hundreds of gold medals are given yeah, out in the yeah. Winter Olympics and yeah. those people aren't on Kimmel. After looking back over the career in that Olympics specifically, I remember the guy that won the Olympics before me. His name was Ross Powers, and he was really great at halfpipe, which is that discipline. But there's a bunch of other disciplines that they now have in the Olympics. But that, at the time, was the only one they put in. And he won the gold medal, and everyone in the world was like, Ross Powers, he's the greatest snowboarder alive. And I remember kind of thinking like, no, he's not. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? But the world right now thinks that. And not to discredit his thing, he crushed it. He was the best in the world in that was that in the that first arena? One? No, there was one before that, okay, but it was almost one. like a test event. And what had happened was the Americans had swept the podium. So mm. first, second, third were all Americans. And that hadn't happened in X amount of histories of yeah. Olympics. You know, there's so much history they can It helps when we invent the sport. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So, uh, and they were everywhere. Everybody talked about them. It was such a big deal. So that next Olympics after that, the Italy Games, all the focus of NBC really pumped ah. it up. So yeah. when I won, not only was it the most viewed thing compared to American Idol at that time and Super Bowl, but I was recognizable. I was like the only one with long red hair and I had my yeah. vibe, I guess. I was comfortable on TV. Mm -hmm. I could talk on camera. There were so many offers for me to come on talk shows, but everyone was like, great, we'd love to have Sean White. This will be awesome. What kind of stunt can he do? Right. Can he come sliding on the stage and he rips his beanie off and he sits in the chair and opens the Mountain Dew? Has he ever been that, fired yeah, like, out of a cannon? Yeah, what if we drop him from the ceiling? And I was just like, oh my God. And I've, I'm dying to be on these shows. I've, yeah. I've always wanted to be on these shows. As a really thinking, human, yeah, not a fucking yeah. stuntman. And I'm like, wow, well, I got to set the template for the rest of my career right now. So I had to say no to a bunch of shows, which was really tough. Oh, yeah. Good for you. And then sure enough, one show was like, sure. It's probably Kimmel or someone was like, yeah, sure, we'll have him on. I walked out in a suit. I looked presentable. Yeah. I told great stories. They rolled the clip of me doing my thing, and that was it. Yeah, you only get one chance to debut, yeah. and luckily you did it really well. Thank you. They showed a clip. The last time you were on Kimmel, mm -hmm. of you at 19, it's with some news outlet. I don't even know who you were talking to with this woman, and he's saying that on the flight home, apparently, all the <laughs> attendants had seen, the, and they were excited he was on the plane. He's yeah. 19, and he said, yeah. then I got incredible service, drinks and snacks. And the woman goes, well, hold on, you're 19. Oh. What do you 
you mean drinks? And he goes, Mountain Dew, baby. And I'm like, what a big swing. And he landed it. Like, he just started dying laughing. And she was like a serious news anchor. Yeah. I don't even know who that like was. like live on CNN. Mm, mm. And she's like, drinks? You're only 19. What are you, like, trying to, Bust I'm like, you. lady. Yeah. You know? yeah. I don't know why my brain snapped. Like, I was talking to one of my buddies. I was it's like, the baby, I'm though. about yeah, Mountain Dew, baby. Yes. <laughs> that resurfaced recently on the that's internet. So well, that's funny. as things do. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's kind of the moment. We talk about this nonstop. It's like if you do it at that young age, you know you can do it now. Yeah. It just, your whole worldview changes. Yeah. And so you go and it's Mountain Dew, baby. It's a big <laughs> swing. And by the way, it could have fucking missed. Oh, for even sure. Even if you just tweet, if you're like, it was Mountain Dew, baby, you're a pariah. <laughs> Everyone hates that's you. That's mean. That's yes. Rude. But yeah. you take a pretty big swing and then you fucking land it yeah. and then you just go like, okay, I know how to do this. I can yeah. hang with these this things. This was a while ago, though, so yeah. things weren't so harsh. Yeah, you probably wouldn't True. say baby yeah. anymore. Yeah. yeah, if I did that today, oh, goodness. Higher degree of difficulty to land that yeah. baby now. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Say so, anything. Even if you said Mountain Dew, it'd be like, that's bad for you. Yeah. <laughs> it was a different world You heard then, rapists but... like Mountain Dew, right? <laughs> that's their preferred drink. Are you saying you agree with Canceled. me? Canceled. <laughs> okay. So those are great explanations. Totally agree with you. You're very confident. It's all very attractive. But I'm going to say it's the same reason Usain Bolt was so attractive. It is so rare in the Olympics that you see someone come in first place, two standard deviations above second place. You don't see it. Mm. You don't see a 100-meter sprint and one dude's four seconds ahead of another guy. That's and right. I would say of all the Olympics I've watched in my life, and we are Olympics junkies. We love the Olympics. <laughs> I've never seen such a gap between gold and silver. When mm. you came out, you were like, whoa, whoa, this guy does a different sport. He's <laughs> 10 feet higher than everyone. It was so staggering, mm. the dominance and the skill level. The gap was really visible, even if you didn't know a fucking thing about the sport. It's funny you bring it up because for me, I always loved watching, you know, like Muhammad Ali. I yeah, remember it's yeah, one of the uh, first books I read as a kid. And I remember picking it because it was the thinnest book <laughs> I could find. <laughs> it's like, Mine was oh, Bob book report. Oh, it was this yellow book. I'll never forget it. And I pull it out. I was like, oh, God, what is this? It was short, just like a quick kid's book on Muhammad Ali. And I remember being a big fan and watching him fight. And it wasn't just that he fought people. He would kind of embarrass them. Yeah. In the ring, he would shuffle his feet and sneak in these punches. And he'd pull a punch at the end to watch the guy fall. Mike Tyson, I remember him like coming out in his black robe and the black yeah. trunk and short shorts and he would knock the person out within the first seconds of the first round yeah you yeah. would think oh they're yeah. not even the same class yeah of and right. so something happened after 2002 that salt lake city games where ross powers won i'm in first place for the qualifying series there's five events it's your best two finishes I need a first place finish to go to the Olympics. I'm in first place. There's only one more guy to go. I'm standing at the bottom of the half pipe watching him no. do this insane run. Oh. His whole family's there making noise. <laughs> oh, and like geez. they wow. got these cowbells and mm. like, oh, they're like looking at my family. What? what, what, what yeah. She's like, where, where were you guys doing? Get Aunt Rose yeah. and get everybody up there. Like, what do you learn to whistle yeah. with your fucking fingers in your mouth? Give me something to work with. And so he beats me by three tenths of a point. I... So he went on to get the bronze medal. And it's funny because for the last two Olympics was my coach. Oh, which no is shit. so funny. So it's a full circle of it all. I but love that. so JJ Thomas. And I remember after that Olympics, that season I had gotten maybe two first place finishes. Everything else was second. I almost wanted a third to be like, he was robbed. He got robbed, <laughs> yeah. you know, but seconds like, oh yeah, it's, yeah, you were close. And so then I was like, okay, well, I can't go out there 
and be close anymore. I have to, without a doubt, show that I won. So that's how I started to train. Well, also, yes, this just was kind of talked about. Do you watch Formula One at all? A little bit. Okay, I'm obsessed with I it just now. just got into it. Yeah, From yeah. Drive to Survive, yeah, I'm sure. So yeah. So you look at how Max Verstappen drove last year against Lewis, mm -hmm. and you look at how he drives this year against Leclerc. To dethrone a hero, you have to go so far beyond them. Mm -hmm. If you're the champ, you can't tie. You can't go point one above the champ and mm -hmm. win. You got to destroy the champ to be the champ. Now, yeah. once you're the champ, you can play differently. Well, now you've got that lead. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're already ahead and everybody's trying to catch up to you, you're already going on to the next thing. You so that keep... was the way I kind of kept ahead. But I bet even the mental proposition in your head was, if I'm going to go next time to the Olympics, I've got to be fucking obvious. Like if it comes down to a popularity contest and we're tied, I'm mm -hmm. losing that. Would you agree with that or no? No, I do. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of it came from that. I was so young that no one took me seriously mm -hmm. Yeah, for so long. And at that point, I'm 15. I'm almost yeah. considered an adult, but not really. And so I was like, okay, that's it. I'm over it. I'm done. But I had won an event that year, so I knew I could win. Mm. And now I was like, okay, well, whatever my nearest competitor or the top person's doing, I need to be doing this, putting myself way wow. ahead of them. And then once I achieved that, I just had to maintain that lead rather than reinventing myself every year. I'd already done the work to get that far ahead. I was like, okay, how how can I just stay out in front? Agree, That's harder though, know? isn't it? It is hard. It's easy to recognize what's above you, try to yeah. meet it and then surpass it. It's kind of like leading a race is hard. Or is predicting he... a trend or fashion yeah, exactly. or something. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, this is going to be cool. Especially in this right. sport because there's only so many ways to throw a football. I can go invent a new trick and be the best in the world. Yeah, there's a creativity element mm -hmm. to it. Huh? Oh, big time. Yeah. Great point. Yeah, it's up to you to design yeah. something that's wow-worthy. And I always look at it as the whole. It's not even the tricks. It's what song's playing. Oh, wow. What tricks am I doing? What am I wearing? What would I say at the bottom? Oh, wow. It's a whole show. I think it's the more vividly I could create this imaginary situation. The full story. Then yeah. I can go bring it to reality. So this is exactly how the runs would play out and what I would do. And then I train for that. And then I go do it. How often were you training at that time? Every day? How does it work? Yes and no. 16, I just turned professional in skateboarding. And that was like a double-edged sword because I'd always wanted to be a professional skateboarder. But... Well, funny enough, this is perfect timing because I was on the verge of saying, well, let's rewind. Their first love, would that be fair to say? Like Pretty your much. first goal was to be Tony Hawk. Yeah. He skated at my local skate park. No way. And I was like, oh my God, Tony Hawk's at my little That's <laughs> you know? weird. That's like and one of those Bill Gates It's a very Bill Gates yeah. 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 And so he got together with Nike, I want to say, and they built a brand new skate park in this YMCA parking lot. And it was incredible. And I'd go there. And since it was the best spot and Tony was there, all the other pros would go there. So I was just kind of like the sponge. You were nine, right? At this point? Yeah. At this point, probably eight or nine. And they finally egged me on to drop into the vert ramp and do all this stuff. And they would just tell me tricks to do because I didn't know any of the tricks they would just be oh try this put your hand here and then twist and so they wow. would teach me tricks and things like that people at the park but i was terrified of tony too much of a hero to approach on my own <laughs> so yeah. i just assumed if i skated really well he would maybe come talk to me i would just throw every trick i had the hardest stuff i'd just go for it and i'd land majority of it and it's funny because till this day when i see him i'm like oh shit 
<laughs> Even still. Oh, dad's here. But so, he did approach you. He did. Yeah. He eventually came up to me and invited me to do one of these demos he was putting on. And then eventually invited me to skate for his company, Birdhouse Skateboards. And my he dreams mentored come you, true. right? Yeah. He, yeah. He never really sat me down and gave me advice, but he was more just the guy that was going through everything I was about to go through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was a family man. So it's like, how did he manage his time with the family? What did he do when fans approached him? The way he acted and the way he carried himself, he's the same guy through and through. He's a modeling mentor yeah. more than you should do this or that. You yeah, just, and I you, remember you, being around it and his video game blew up and he landed the 900. And then fast forward a few years or so, I'm at the Olympics, a lot coming my way. And so I kind of got to model a little bit of that from him, which was really cool. But the reasons why I went pro in skating was more that I had these mega deals in snowboarding and these companies are paying me to be on the snow. And I can't really just be like, well, I'm missing my summer as a teen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, that's cute, but we need you out to yeah. rock the logo and drink the drinks and yeah. do that. Yeah. And so I was like, look, I won't be snowboarding because I'll be doing this. Skating. Skating. You yeah. almost needed like a justifiable Yeah, to out. just say, look, the logos will still be on me. And then deep down, I wanted to be a pro skateboarder. I remember the day I decided, it was so funny, I had it all built up. I'm like, I'm going to tell Tony that I'm going to go pro and skating. I remember seeing him at the ramp. I was like, okay, here it goes. Sure. And I remember telling him and he was like, oh, cool. should have done it sooner i was like oh okay well good talk uh yeah so i'll see you later and he was like cut your hair (laughs) he was always giving me flack so yeah after that i went pro in skateboarding at 16 like i mentioned 15 i had just missed the olympics in snowboarding 16 i started winning everything So I was on the top in snowboarding. I was kind of becoming untouchable at that point. And then I started at the bottom of the barrel in skateboarding Uh because I'd never done a pro event before. I'd never really done amateur events just because all the amateur events were during the biggest snowboarding competitions. So I actually got a bit of flack that I didn't go up the proper ranks in skateboarding to get to the professional level. If they had been vulnerable and honest, what they would have really said is, I'm so intimidated you can both do snowboarding and skateboarding at this level and and you scare me because I don't think I'm this good. (laughs) If I go back in a time machine when this episode is released and I ask you at, let's say, 15 and a half, you have to pick one or the other. You want to be a world-renowned skateboarder or snowboarder, what would you say at that moment? Skateboarding. Yeah. For sure. Well, you know what's interesting? I can see why because you didn't exist in snowboarding. Your big blessing is that it was snowboarding, from my perspective, mm-hmm. which is after Matt Hoffman, no reason to ride a BMX bike. Oof. No, Don't do it. All. Yeah. After Tony Hawk, what's the best <laughs> you're ever going to be? Tony Hawk light, you know? It's, it's kind of like a post-Jordan mm. world, right? That didn't exist in snowboarding. You're the Tony you Hawk. That. So now, in retrospect, it's the greatest because you get to be... In that echelon. Yeah. I look at it in a similar way, but a couple different reasons pop into my head. One was that snowboarding is more expensive as a career and having a life after snowboarding for financial reasons and things. It's a more expensive sport. Yeah, you can't do it in your backyard. Yeah, there's lift tickets. There's the resorts you stay at. You got to get there. The food, the lodging, everything. The gear's expensive. The gear's expensive, all this stuff. So I had a better opportunity to make a living out of snowboarding than I did in skateboarding. Nowadays, it's a little different because you got mainstream fashion and coming into skateboarding, all these different things. But at the time, it was a much more stable career path in snowboarding. And then I think the only reason that I answered skateboarding a minute ago was that I didn't do it as much. 
I missed yeah. it. And when I skateboarded, I was at home. Well, by the way, also, you have somebody who you want to be. I can't imagine there was a snowboarder that you were as invested in as a yeah. fantasy identity. There was a guy at that point that was, was pretty cool. It was Tony Hawk and this guy named Harry A. Hawkinson. And he was a Norwegian snowboarder. Hold um, on. Tony Hawk and Terry Hawkinson. <laughs> yeah, ter I can <laughs> barely like a, pronounce his name. It's, ter it's like Terry, Terry A. Hawkinson. <laughs> totally, I know. That's preposterous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so Tonison Hawkinson. <laughs> what, what was it? Terry A. Hawkinson. Oh, wow. my God. Yeah, he was the best at that time in the world of snowboarding. So I looked up to him a lot. It's still different. You could have looked at him skill-wise, but as far as an empire, so oh, no. there yeah. isn't that yet in yeah. snowboarding. Now yeah. there's some kid that's like, I'm going to fucking be Sean White. Oh, God, that, but yeah. that just didn't. Terrence and Hawkinson <laughs> Terrence. was not. He just, the fact that we're learning his name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, today. totally, yeah, totally. Yeah. In that world, it was yeah. a bit, you know, so. But, yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I wonder if you'll be able to assign numbers or percentages for me here, but we're talking oh. to Pastrana and we're talking about racing because he and I both race. And he told you the five times you guys met before when <laughs> no. you just introduced yourself to him. Yeah, right? we got through all that about <laughs> so an hour we later. Met like six times. Uh. <laughs> oh my God. I just want everyone to be clear. I blame this on my memory. It's not that I think I'm cool. Uh, okay. We're talking to Pastrana, and we're talking about when he went to NASCAR, and he just did fine. He did moderate. Yeah. And the conclusion that he has and that I suggested was, in rally, crazy is a very important ingredient. Mm -hmm. It's a significant percentage of the experience. Mm -hmm. Backflipping motorcycles. Crazy is a huge part of the equation. NASCAR, it's not. Everyone's nuts. And now it's really technical to mm -hmm. be number one at that. And I guess my curiosity, when you look at the gap between your first win and silver, what percentages would you assign to crazy and which would you assign to technique and practice? The sport, at least in my eyes, is probably at least 70% mental. Yes, because the half pipe they're in, Monica, is 22 feet tall. Before he's at the lip, he's above this house. And then he launches 23 feet in the air. So he's 45 feet from the ground. He's five stories up. If you've ever been on a five-story roof, you know if you step off, you're dead. You're not surviving <laughs> yeah. a five-story fall. So I think the buy-in is yeah. so different in that sport than mm -hmm. most sports. I mean, only mm -hmm. comparable to freestyle motocross and stuff. I literally was about to say that. The commitment level of, I'm going to hit this jump. You can't jump halfway through and like, oh, I'm not going to do it. And that decision happens before you go. Yeah, because you're deciding to scrub speed or go as fast as you can, right? Exactly. So you're deciding what happens. And <laughs> I, I, as a kid, I learned, I think my mom pointed it out because there's these kids trying to learn backflips and she's like watch a couple of them made it and one of them decided halfway through he didn't want to do a backflip anymore he comes around lands on his head you know knocked out the whole dude she's like if you're going to do something you got to commit that stuck with me for a long time and that's what skateboarding doesn't have as much Right. You can try a trick and run out of it or slide on your pads. It's yeah. like, but if you're hitting a 90 foot jump, you're going to do Hussoy, it. Christian <laughs> Hassoy, maybe. There was a moment where high air was a thing, but even mm -hmm. Hassoy, maybe, was what, 13 feet in the well, air? Well, that's or something. what's crazy is I went from snowboarding and I don't think the pipes were 22 feet at that time, yeah. but they were still 18 to 17 feet. And you go to the vert ramp skateboarding and it was like 12, 13 mm. feet. It felt and tiny. And they're doing to you. these six foot airs. And I'm thinking, gosh, this is so small. And okay. so a lot of what what I brought to skateboarding was my ability to flip and spin from snowboarding. Yeah. And then what I brought from skating to my snowboarding was the precision. The because technicality skateboarding, of you it. have to be precise. You're flipping, the board's flipping, you're catching it with your feet. So then I go from skateboarding to snowboarding. I'm like, oh my God. 
The board's attached. <laughs> yeah. I don't even have to think about it. I'm gonna land. Yeah, it can't <laughs> come, come off like, my feet. It can't at come off halfway yeah. through the yeah. trick. A lot of it really complemented one another, and I get a lot of focus on my snowboarding career. But I feel like that skateboarding element brought so much to it, and it brought down the burnout factor. Yeah, because if you're just doing the same thing every day for your whole life since you're a kid, I mean, I don't know how many football players show up to the field and they're like, "Oh, here we go. Today's the," you know, maybe yeah. they do. But you talked about motivation, what drives you, what keeps you going. I think a lot of that drive at the time was I took these huge breaks. Yeah. Right. But you were forced still breaks. enhancing your skills weirdly. Weirdly, yeah. yeah. I was still staying in the competitive mindset. I didn't just go to Thailand and kick it. But yeah. You know what I mean? Or go yeah. home and hang for the summer. And I was still physically active every day, training, skating. And it's the same muscles. The same yeah. stuff is just a little bit different. It's something that I didn't really understand until later because I was in the thick of it. My dream was to be the best in the world at both simultaneously, yeah. to go win the winter X Games and then go take it down at the summer X wow. Games and Which go back. Which you did. I did a couple times. Oh and that was, my God. That was like my <laughs> okay to, moment. <laughs> I have to be honest and I'm embarrassed to say this, but yeah. I haven't seen you skate. Have you ever seen I didn't skate? even know that. I knew yeah. you were a great skater, but I've just never seen it. And then when so I was reading cool. that you golded in winter and summer, which had never been done for yeah. X Games, I'm going to be dead honest with you. My first thought was, I wonder if he had a little nudge in the summer because he was so popular as a snowboarder. The novelty of the fact that you were this dual competitor, yeah. like, did that give you any lift? I know for a fact that I was promoted a lot more, which was not well received by the, uh, the skateboarders uh, that had sure. you know, been yeah. in the mix. And that was a very small group. And so that was a really tough time, actually, for me. You didn't feel very embraced by that group? No, not really. I actually talked to Tony about it in an interview. He's like, I always felt bad for Sean. <laughs> he never really fit in. But either did Tony. That's why he could see that. Yeah, that's very true. When I joined snowboarding, in the amateur ranks, it's hard to be friends in that age group. You're really harsh to each other yeah. and i was always winning i was on a roll yeah and hard so to I, like hard yeah to like. hard to like oh cool he beat me again oh, year great. seven He's like here. oh cool yeah. like, you know <laughs> and it just got very that vibe like there he is johnny we're gonna get him this year. Yeah. you know and like there he is. He's probably lying about his age. He's probably, he's yeah, yeah, he's yeah, like totally. They're like anything to get me out. So that was hard. I yeah. went pro. I was 13. Everybody was in their mid to upper 20s. And so I'm like, oh hey, my. you guys like Pokemon? Like, you guys want to, like, trying to explain that shit. You like and, remote yeah, control cars? Cool. I brought one with me to the hotel. I'll be in the parking lot tonight. Got the Game Boy. I got the games. Like, just let me know. I'd win the events and I couldn't go get the award because it was at a bar. Then that time they called it kid points he's only getting those points because oh. he's a kid it's an act and i gotta tell you i looked ridiculous okay. i was tiny i had the red hair going and i remember the sponsor that i had was burton snowboards at the time and they had a kid's brand called backhill and the logo for backhill was a bumblebee uh -oh. and it's buzz the bumblebee and it was all over my yellow <laughs> pants and she, i was like oh my god you guys are killing me here <laughs> And I'm like, take me serious. And I just look yeah, 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 yellow. And so finally I grew enough to fit into the clothes. And so when I was 15, I was finally like, okay, take me seriously. Yeah. 
I have the size and I'm wearing the big kid <laughs> the clothes, adult. the adult clothes, but like here are my tricks. Here's section. my tricks to back it up. And so uh, when I went to the skateboarding world, it was kind of harsh just because we were all buddies because I was non-threatening. I was just the guy that could do a lot of the cool tricks at the park and I was the pro snowboarder. And so then all of a sudden there's this group of maybe like 10 to 12 guys that were the top guys and I'm making great money in snowboarding yeah. and all of a sudden I'm coming to take what yeah, more. they yes. consider theirs and you don't need it was the uh -huh. mentality and I was like, oh wow. That'd be like kinda... if Brad Pitt gets into podcasting. Yeah. I'm like, dude, <laughs> dude, you have really? everything. Like, Why you gotta come over here? <laughs> Brad, no. <laughs> come on, man. Save some Sorry. for the rest of us. But then he rips at it. <laughs> oh, You're like, damn. Well. Yeah, oh, so yeah. good at it. Um, if you so, are thinking Brad Pitt of doing a podcast, we'd love to have you under our umbrella. Oh, that would be great. We'll give you 110% <laughs> of the proceeds yeah. <laughs> just to have you here. Yeah. Once I started winning those competitions and like I said, getting the promotion from the event organizers. But no, I really feel like my tricks were delivering something that just wasn't there. Were you going higher than most people and stuff yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. going a lot higher, which they rewarded because skateboarding is all about how high you can get out of the yeah. pipe. And my tricks were like big spins and flips, which wasn't really what a lot of the guys were doing at the yeah. time. So then all I had to do was fill in with some technical kick flips and heel flips and things. I'm going to watch huh. that tonight. Yeah, I'm going to dig fast. that up. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm double blown away. I have some I clips yeah. on my Instagram probably oh, floating around. I'm so yeah. coming yeah. through it. Stay tuned for more Armchair Expert, if you dare. We are supported by Squarespace. With Squarespace, you can do much more than build a website. You can also sell custom merch. Guys, this is what we do on Squarespace. We have a merch team, and we offer it all on a website beautifully built by WobbyWob on Squarespace. Simply design your products, and production, inventory, and shipping are all handled for you. With Squarespace, it doesn't matter what you sell, physical goods, digital products, services, they have all the tools you need to start selling online. Just take one of their professional website templates, then customize the look, update the content, and add features to fit your unique needs. You can make any Squarespace template do what you want so you can stand out online on any device. For a free trial, just head to squarespace.com DAX. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code DAX to save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain. We are supported by ZipRecruiter. Mmm, ZipRecruiter. With St. Patty's Day around the corner, here's a random fun fact. The chances of finding a four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000. <gasps> yeah, very limited edition. You'd have to be pretty lucky to find one. Almost as lucky as Kristen finding a parking spot. Mm. There's always one right at the front somehow. Fortunately, if you're hiring, you don't need luck to find top talent. You just need ZipRecruiter. And you can try it free right now at ZipRecruiter.com DAX. No rainbows or gimmicks. ZipRecruiter leads you to a pot of gold, a.k.a. top talent every time. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology starts showing you quality candidates immediately. You can also invite your top choices to apply to encourage them to apply sooner. If you're even just a bit curious about how ZipRecruiter can help you, today's your lucky day. You can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Tap the banner to learn more. We are supported by HelloFresh. 
You know, there are days when it's really hard to decide what to eat. You stare blankly into the fridge for what feels like hours with no success. And you end up hangry. Well, I've got a solution. HelloFresh, they deliver fresh ingredients and chef-curated recipes straight to your home. And they even take care of the meal planning. I love it because I always text Callie, what should I eat for dinner? Okay, you ask her a lot. Uh, Yeah, because I get stressed and overwhelmed and she doesn't know. And so HelloFresh is so great if I have it because then it's all there. I don't have to make any decisions. Well, what did you get into last night? Ooh, last night I had a, you know, I love prosciutto. Mm -hmm. Who doesn't? That was so good. I had a prosciutto wrapped chicken and it had a truffle chive mashed potatoes and a lemony broccoli. It was delicious. Oh, my goodness. Go to HelloFresh.com slash DaxFree and use the code DaxFree for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life. Available for a limited time at HelloFresh.com slash DaxFree with the code DaxFree. But that's such a weird um, juxtaposition to be so well-known and also so lonely, so isolated. Mm. I mean, I think that's a common story for especially athletes. Even when you were describing being at the Olympics, coming home, being at your house, to me that really parallels a lot of the musicians we talk to, which is like you go out on stage, 100,000 people have left their home and got a babysitter mm-hmm. and bought tickets to show you they love you. And then in 14 minutes, you're in that experience to, in your hotel room going like, should I order room yeah, service? <laughs> Probably shouldn't eat after 12. Mm, do they have spicy wings? Yeah. Ah, I don't know. Oh, I already saw everything. It's like so dramatic. Yeah. That would be so curious to have some understanding that America loves me. Yeah. I'm so loved, but I'm and also yet, by myself. Yeah. These guys are snowboard with their bum dumb here and now yeah. I'm skateboarding their bum dumb here. And at the time I didn't really have a bunch of friends that were athletes. You Intentionally know? or just kind they were the ones of, that were yeah. not triggered by Yeah, you. at the time kind of I grew up in San Diego area, Del Mar, near the racetrack. Thanks for putting it in race. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. I yeah, know my audience. <laughs> so I uh, had asthma as a kid. I didn't like the cold. And all of a sudden I became a pro snowboarder. He also had the same heart condition that Billy has, Kimmel's son. Kimmel. Oh, and he had gosh. three surgeries on his heart when he yeah. was a little person. No way, yeah. little yeah, yeah. boy. So it's going to add that to the stew. That's nuts. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty You were already yeah. overcoming so much. Yeah. yeah. That's a funny one because I actually hid that about me around the first Olympics. I just knew the way media was. I mean, obviously I have the scar, but I don't remember the operations. And it wasn't something I droned or thought about every day. Not something you had thought, oh, I overcame. Yeah, you know, it was just a part of me. But they would want to make it that story. Totally. I I was worried the headlines were like, cardiac kid makes good. (laughs) They're like, oh, look at Miracle (laughs) Child, does the snow. Cardiac kid, they smell cardiac with a K. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) From heart failure to heart throbbing. Totally. You see the titles. You knew it was coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and so it wasn't till the second Olympics I entered that I was like, okay, let's talk about it. I'm so thankful I did because yeah. the response and the letters I got and the people. Like, I'm really good friends with him. I can see the comfort he's getting knowing that his little boy could be you. Totally. Oh my God, this isn't a death sentence. It can work this out isn't. okay. Yeah. And if I would have hid that, that wouldn't have been out yeah. there. So I've had some amazing stories from people telling me. I think me, it's time for you to tell people you have a one inch penis because I think that <laughs> also be would be so helpful you know yeah, how many people why don't you just do the right yeah thing. do the right thing and let's help <laughs> some people <laughs> 
that is funny though about identity because when it's you and you have no memory of it and it's just mm-hmm. something you know as a story, it's not your identity, but it is your parents' identity. They had to deal with that anxiety and have that fear. I would argue that that demonstrates what a construct your identity is. Yeah. That's actually his identity. I know, but it's his not. His real identity is a kid who had his heart. But that's not mm-hmm. his identity. It is so bonkers. Yeah, it is. I didn't really think about the other side until I went on Kimball. Because he was like, hey, I want people to know about this. They told us your name in the hospital. Yeah. We got to have you come in. I dropped everything, went on the show. And watching him tear up during yeah. his opening speech, I chills thinking about it. All I could think about was my parents. Yeah, and exactly. I never thought of them. I was like, shut up, dad. You don't know. You know. <laughs> like, yeah. Whatever, you know. And, <laughs> and I was so harsh to them. You know, I could do it. I could do whatever. But I was just sitting there like, wow. Okay, they just took this pristine baby and handed it off to be cut open oh. and operated <sighs> you're just like ugh and I felt so much for my parents and you're gonna have a whole second wave when you have a kid yeah. oh my god I didn't even realize this is how much you care about yeah. a thing this is yeah. a new feeling of care yeah no totally you enter this world and you kind of think like oh I gotta be inspirational I gotta tell people about my work ethic I gotta mm-hmm. explain to people how to focus on a goal and visualize it the most powerful thing you do is go this is how I'm flawed it's so fucking ironic mm-hmm. like no one's ever gonna tear up when you tell them about your incredible discipline training for a surgery <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. you know it's not gonna alleviate this pain in them or you saying yeah I was really lonely and I ironically felt like an outcaster that I didn't belong at the skate park at a yeah. fucking Academy Awards party yeah, at yeah, yeah. all these places i think that's the thing where you go oh thank god man oh good yeah oh, i'm just fucking normal and at the time i mean my family was that support group to that moment of like well i don't fit in at the park well i had my family and they were so supportive and the only reason i started snowboarding was because we went to the big bear snow summit outside yeah. la here slept in the van yeah i had a family van we ended up getting a motorhome later on to travel around and for all the competitions and stuff to make ends meet but at this point we went up there and my brother's like i'm gonna try this thing snowboarding and i had to do what he was doing soon enough it was my brother myself then my sister then my dad then my mom and so it became our family thing like let's all go snowboarding together oh and so that's how it became it was just a family trip. a family thing Your it was like was our fun surfer, family right so he's already in the world of he loves surfing so i'm yeah. named sean after sean thompson professional surfer oh. a south african surfer yeah. say they ever again So yeah, gangster parents born into the right household. Here's a question I had for you. I'm of the belief you're born Sean White or you're not. The combination of physically, you have a gift clearly, but the mindset, the lack of fear, all these little variables that come together. But I think even more, and I'll say this is where I think you differ from Hoffman and Tony Hawk. And I say this as a compliment. Tony's so laser focused and he might as well have been Bill Gates learning how to code. He was just singularly focused in a very unique way. And I'd say Hoffman's that way as well. You have a different spin on it, at least from the outside, it seems like. It seems like you have the right dose of, I'll do this over and over again until I get it, but not the tunnel vision of it. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's a mix. Because when I focus on something, I can get to it. But I always felt like there was a strategy to it. I was always playing chess. I was always thinking like, oh, well, I know this person's working on this new trick and they want to do it, but he's probably not going to make it. And then add the pressure. You know, I'd just clock everything. I'd be like, oh, he landed it two out of five tries. Now you add the pressure of the competition. He's probably not going to make that. Okay, I'll put in this run first and then I'll put in this run second. You talked about him. That's Ali. Yeah. Ali Mm -hmm. would look at George Foreman and he said, that guy punches much harder than me. He's stronger. Mm -hmm. He will kill me if I box him. Yeah. 
I got to wear this guy out. How do yeah. I do that? Yeah. Not I'm going to outbox this guy. It's like I got to outthink this guy. Yeah. Well, and this is going to sound like a pejorative, and I do not mean it that way. But it's... you're ugly as fuck. <laughs> no, never. No. No, but it seems like you go in figuring out ugly, how to tiny win. penis. This is just yeah, getting, is... uh, getting harsh, guys. Yeah, it's, yeah. Not very, it's all dad. We shouldn't even call it a penis, really. <laughs> Good it's size clitoris. Uh, hair and balls. <laughs> yeah, nothing sack. Nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of bark, oh no bite. Yeah. What were you about to say, Mom? I'm sorry. That's how you know he's really intimidated by a person. He has to like take them down a couple mm, Yeah, I got to nag you because yeah, you're nice. superior to me physically <laughs> in all these ways. No, it seems like you went in with the mentality of how do I win, not how do I be the best? Mm -hmm. and those are pretty much the same thing, but there's a little bit of a difference. Yeah. One takes a little bit more strategy and it makes you the best. It's all yeah. intertwined. I know this from cheerleading. It just comes from when I was a kid. I mean, snowboarding wasn't what it is today. Mm -hmm. We were crazy people. Yeah. They're like, you snowboard? Are you on drugs? It wasn't accepted. I we had the Burton 145 Elite with the V-tail. Oh. So I was literally on the first board of Michigan. And people were like, why are they riding plywood down there? Yeah. What the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, like no one had ever even seen it. Yeah. And so to want to be a professional snowboarder was like, oh, you want to, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Professional yo-yo, like yeah. whatever. It's like, there's a, trust me, there's a career in this. You'll see one day. You know, You'll rue the day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was told I wasn't going to be shit forever, yeah. you know? And so that combined with the fact that my brother's seven years older than me, he's smarter, he's physically bigger. I couldn't win it anything i was just like i have to win and now all these people are telling me amount to nothing as long as i can remember i just had something to prove and mm -hmm. winning was the path to get there how can i one up my competition how can i win and then i got the taste of what i wanted i yeah. won a snowboard contest they put the medal on me and i was like oh i saw a future in the sport and i always felt like i was playing the long game where it's like, oh, okay, cool. Well, by the time I'm this age at this size and he's doing these tricks, that person may even retire by the time, you know, yeah, like I'll be, be declining. Yeah. I always kind of had this roadmap of where I wanted my career to go, even at that young age. That's why I went pro at 13. It was like, okay, well, today's the day. You're either going to go for it or what are we doing? We're in the amateur division still. It's what are we going to do? I really relate yeah. on the brother thing. It started as this huge inferiority yeah. thing. I think it's a good place to start from. Well, exactly. I was trying to beat him. Seven years older, <laughs> yes. all his buddies at the skate park and at the snowboard park. And then I dropped down to my age division. I'm like, what, you guys aren't doing the double backflip yet? Oh my God. Yeah. And so I was just cleaning up in my division. I couldn't beat him. And then there was that oh, awkward what, what sort of- did you dethrone him probably around i think you he know just exactly kind of the day <laughs> it was light rain it was 61 yeah, degrees yeah, totally. <laughs> we were at the half pipe at big bear and i started dropping these hammers of tricks and he was trying to do them as well i was clicking them off and he was just kind of not hanging with it and i remember feeling a little sadness yeah a little bit of like oh it's okay you know kind of thing amazingly talented though by the way so yeah sounds like it if it took yeah, that yeah he was long. really good and then it all switched <laughs> It yeah. was ping pong. It was oh, all of it. I, just, I fucked his girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like clockwork. I clicked into uh, my, my zone or I whatever. I just destroyed but, him. I systematically but, destroyed him. But he switched from being, hey, I want to be a professional snowboard. He had his own sponsors. He was doing it. And he just realized it wasn't going to happen. I don't know if this day had any weight on it, but he just realized it wasn't going to happen. And he switched at that point from 
going professional to being my team manager. Oh, no shit. Because it wasn't cool to travel with mom and dad anymore at this point. I'm like 15, 16. I was just like, ugh. I could have family on the road with me, but not mom and dad. And it was awesome. And it kept me out of so much trouble. I mean, you touched on being born to be me or be great at something, achieve a certain success, but there's so much that gets in the way. And I always had my family with me. So my mom never went like, cool, I'm going to send my son off to this snowboard camp. Never, never. They'd come with, I'd be a day camper. I'd just use a facility and I'd go stay with them. Or my brother's on the road with me, keeping me on track. There's all these things to like keep me going. Would you go to Mount Hood when you were a kid? Oh, every year. Every year? Yeah. Uh So it's like our glacier. They've got snow year round up top Uh and they do these summer camps. My brother had a seasonal ski shop up there. He would drive his ski shop out from Michigan in a trailer, set it up there (laughs) in the summer for that scheme yeah and drive it all back and it was lawless back then it was crazy it's an eden for fucking schemey kids yeah but picture maybe you in your 20s running a snowboard camp just yeah, like yikes. oh my god people are like peeling out their cars i remember shooting fireworks into a restaurant with all my friends like it was crazy what's that cute yeah. little diner that was there they had a huckleberry huckleberry it? it's called huckleberry yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i shot <laughs> roman candles into huckleberry Okay, and it was like, oh, that was a great day. Like, you know what I mean? No one questioned it. Like, oh, that was hilarious. It was wild back then. It's, it's the, a lot tamer now, it's, thankfully. It's you the know. modern equivalent of like joining the carnival. Yeah. Like everyone yeah. there is like, so here's the thing. We're all nuts. That's yeah. why we like this thing. Oh, to get a free t-shirt or stickers, having kids eat cat food with the, li- <laughs> with the lid. As fast as they can. Whoever finishes this cat Whoever food first gets the off. t-shirt, you know? It's just crazy. <laughs> um, so my mom took a look and was like, no, 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 no. I'll buy yeah. you a fucking t-shirt. No, yeah. he's staying with us. So that was that guidance that they gave to me at that age. And at a certain point, I kind of had to just go on my own own the outside influence was very present like everybody was at the time was like really into hip-hop everybody was all about being fresh and being cool and trying to floss and uh-huh. show your wealth bunch of poor snowboarders you know trying yeah. their best and at that point i remember just wanting something different and being different and it was always about being different to me and mm-hmm. kind of doing my own thing so like, i grew my hair out because every kid at school every boy at school would show up i think right when ricky martin and this fad to cut your hair short and spike uh-huh. with gel and then like oh, bleach yeah. the tips maybe frost some them. Frost yeah tips. that was like the thing and maybe some steps in the shaved yeah, sides yeah, kind yeah, of a thing yeah, you know, why not, why not? <laughs> let me ask you this because we've known many actors who are young and successful yeah and it would be this insane back to the stage hotel room thing they go on a set they were so appreciated they did the thing they were great at mm-hmm. and then boom back in the ninth grade and even maybe worse, people know you're in a movie yeah. and the tough dudes hate your guts because you're getting attention. Was there any of that or did you do well in high school? You're so smiley, I, I imagine you did, I did all right. I did pretty well. I was just kind of shy. Looking back, I pictured middle school. I did a bit of that, but I was traveling so much. I started doing independent study. Okay. And then high school was just where they kind of break you in for the real world. And they're like, look, you can't miss class. You can't whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, I'm going to Japan, so I I don't know what to tell you. You need to help me. At this point, when I was 12, I was a whatever status on the airline. Oh, right. Like your executive 1K, you know. Sapphire, (laughs) platinum. Yeah, Yeah. like I'd already racked the miles. I was doing my thing. Always in first at 11. (laughs) Totally. I got kicked off the flight once because they're like, you're fraudulently flying under your dad's name. No. There's no way an 11-year-old could be a... (laughs) 
medallion, yeah, whatever. And so I got booted off the flight to Switzerland. Gave Tonison Hawkinson a ring. Yeah, yeah, tell her, hey, but I need a help. I need a lift. No, but so I go to my school and they're like, you know what? We'd love to help, but we don't find your sport legitimate. Oh, my. Mm, we got tennis. We got horseback riding. We got <laughs> ice skating. Horse we got. Yeah, they're like, these are the sports on the list. You're not on it. I'm sorry. We can't help you. Oh, my God. And so at that point, at 13, I went pro. So that means you can start making money. Yeah. And I landed my first deal. I think my contracts ended and I actually negotiated. I didn't negotiate. I, I mean, yeah. my parents or whatever negotiated this deal for me when I was Your 14. Your 21-year-old brother manager. Yeah, totally. totally. <laughs> oh my God. We're going to need a retainer. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, want a hot tub yeah, everywhere yeah, we yeah. go. <laughs> he wants his Bowflex. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was this major deal I landed. Million dollar deal when I was 14. And I was what like, okay. What is that like? That was really weird. Because I remember my mom came to me. She's like, you're a millionaire. <laughs> and I'm just like... 14 i was like wow good okay that's good that's good right that's good i don't know what that can't even comprehend i don't know what that means cool well that's good that that's out of the way like we don't have to worry about i I had no idea and i didn't want for anything i was never going to spend it all i wanted was skateboards and snowboards and i already had that for free but when the school said i wasn't legitimate i was like well it's not what i beg to do the contracts are saying and the you know Uncle Sam says yeah. when I pay my taxes. Yeah, yeah that's so. <laughs> Which annoying. is harsh because you have no write-offs when you're a kid. You're just getting pummeled by taxes, and they have the Coogan account. My mom had me come up and do stunt doubling work in L.A. when oh, I was a really? kid because I could skateboard and wow. snowboard. And what movies were you? I got being? booked to be a stunt double on the Disney show called The Jersey. Whoever had the jersey, they'd put it on while watching TV, and they would become oh. whoever sports figure they saw on TV. I think it was a kid named Elliot who. I stunt doubled for. So you were even in SAG and you had ins- yeah. your own insurance at you 13. Yeah, had SAG. I had all that stuff. <laughs> you had a good insurance yeah. policy. You were a millionaire. Yeah, it's so, <laughs> so, so. Oh I had my God. flyer mile status. No wonder your parents were really on strict oh, yeah. and on it. So when the school district was like, look, we don't find you legit. We can't help. I was frustrated. All my friends went to that school. It was kind of brutal, but they were building this new housing development up in Carlsbad near the beach. And we love the ocean. Yeah. It's even closer to the skate park. This was only like five minute drive to the skate park. And so I ended up buying a house when I was 16 at the beach there and the whole family moved in. The stipulation of the house is you had to live there. And then that qualified us for the new school district. We move into the house and I was like, well, it's awkward if I take the masters. (laughs) My My parents, I gave them the master and like... But because I, I didn't want the power struggle, in, yeah, yeah. and I, yeah, I would have felt wow. uncomfortable in there. Sure. Yeah, so I actually <laughs> shared a room with my brother in the house you own. Yeah, so it was awesome. Just like nothing had changed. Just my name was on the title, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I started doing independent study homeschooling from the local. I think it was their outreach program. For their, you know, and pregnant girls, pregnant teens, yeah, and things, yeah. millionaires, and, and, yeah. and there were yeah. some <laughs> other kids in there that had their own thing going. So I'd actually go in, and I had a teacher. Because my mom's like, I'm not dealing with this shit. Because you can tell me no, but you can't tell a stranger that you didn't do your work. I had to do the homework while I was on the road. God, and what great parents. Yeah. I can see how this thing with your brother being the tour manager works out without him having to do one thing. Which is, mm-hmm. I think if you would have deployed me at 15 around the country, 
I would have picked out a persona. Like I would have picked out an identity. <laughs> uh -huh. I'm a baller. Yeah, I drive a Mustang GT. Yeah, like yeah. whatever my thing would be, right? I'd want to fucking show off. If I was stuck with my brother, he would just look at me like, what, what is this thing yeah, you're yeah, trying yeah. to do? It would anchor me. It would allow how far out you could go mm. before you would feel insane or ridiculous. Uh -huh. Fraudulent. Yeah. Or did you do it anyway? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. That's what's so funny is I felt like the same person through and through right. this entire time. Because I had the money to do those kind of things, right. yeah. but I didn't. Like I said, the things I wanted, I had. But like, I think that's the power of your family you know? having always been present. Exactly. Yeah. Not like that they were with you telling you, yeah. go to bed at this time, don't do that, don't do this. But just the mere fact that yeah. you couldn't have deviated from who you yeah. were so much without them going like, what, what are you what's, doing? What's yeah. Shit? Yeah. yeah. It happened later. Later, though, actually. Oh, good. It was after the Olympics in 2006. I'm like, all right, I did it. And at that point, the normal trajectory of anyone growing up is like, well, I leave the nest and go to college. Right. And then when I come back from college, I'm not going to go live with my parents. I'm going to get my own spot. And so at this point, I'm still living at my house with my family and I didn't want to uproot everyone. So I was like, I'll go get my own other home. And my mom was just so against it. She didn't want me to leave the nest and then realtors and she's like, they're going to take advantage of you. They're gonna, they only want the commission. All these things. And so I finally, I buy this house and it's so funny that things that stick through yeah, you know yeah. your lifetime but i remember walking up to a car on the street and it was a ferrari and my mom's like don't even look at that thing get away from it right now like don't even put your fingerprint you know what i mean she's like, get get and i was so enamored by it because i was told to get away from yes. it and then i started seeing them yeah and i was like god i would love a sports car and then professional skateboarders all had these sick sports cars they liked to race and do stuff a guy named bucky lasik and they all had these sick souped up porsches and all these different cars yeah, yeah. and so i bought a lamborghini yeah <laughs> I bought you a, to, it was a Murcielago, the LP640. <laughs> oh, that's a handful. And it was a lot of car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know anything. I was just like, <laughs> you know, just driving this thing around. It's so low to the ground. I'm scratching the thing up. But anyways. <laughs> There's a generic, like everybody wants a Ferrari, but... I believe people can get a car that really perfectly represents who they are. Of mm -hmm. course I think that, I'm a mm -hmm. car nut. Mm -hmm. But like Monica, she drives the car that's just, it's her. It's understated, it's mm -hmm. an AMG. C43, so it's like, you know, oh, that's got kind of big wheels. Oh, those yeah. are big brakes. And then secretly, <laughs> oh, fast as fuck. Yeah. But not flashy. Yeah. It's yeah. her. It's yeah. small and powerful, and you might underestimate he it her. Out. Okay, okay. So for you, I'm like, I'm the goddamn flying red tomato. <laughs> The Ferrari, if there's ever been a car that's the flying yeah. red tomato, it's yeah, a yeah. fucking Ferrari. Yeah. This thing is, represents me. Yeah. Or the fucking bull, the Lambo. I mean, it's right there. I remember test driving them both, and I just thought that the seats were more comfortable in the Lamborghini. In the Lamborghini. <laughs> and thank God it was Tiptronic, because I didn't know how to drive stick. So uh -oh. I get the car... And then everybody started to trip out on me. The frustrating part for me was they're like, oh, he's becoming Mr. Flash. I could have done that so many at years 14. Ago. I'm yeah. 19, almost 20 now. I thought, why am I working so hard? It wasn't it to buy a nice big house. And you yeah. strive for these things and you finally get them and you don't realize. When I bought the big house, I was like, oh, you got to have a big house. Biggest house on the block. And then I remember getting in there. This giant house is empty. There's yeah, no furniture. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. there was a warehouse full of furniture. No, you have to order that. <laughs> Yeah, 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 Six yeah. months I'm in that thing. I'm walking around with a butter knife. There's creaks and cracks <laughs> and I'm terrified. And yeah. 
coming home from big events. I'm just sitting there on this, like, well, couches aren't here yet. And I guess, uh, and it was just a weird time. We all wrap a whole fantasy based on one thing. So Mm -hmm. I have to imagine you had an idea of what winning a gold medal in the Olympics would be like how you would feel. Oh, totally. And then you get on the other side of that a week after the press stops Mm -hmm. and there's actually no sustained feeling. So then your mind kind of goes, what's missing? Oh, I'm supposed to enjoy myself. I got to get a house. You just start trying to figure out what the missing thing is and you start filling that with objects or things you associate with this level you've gotten to. You almost got to burn through all those and you're still stuck with yourself. And then you go, oh, okay, so it must be something different. Yeah, it is really. And it's hard to tell a 20 year old, no, actually this is what you should do. And I was upset because I was like, well, why aren't you happy for me? Yes. Why aren't you in full support of this? You earned it. You deserve it. Get the great car, get the house. We'll come over. There was this awkwardness between the family and I. And then that was the weird part because that family unit, that was kind of fading. Uh So that was like a really turbulent time in my life, which is really wild to think that I just won the Olympics. Everything's going my way. And like you said, the picture in my mind was that it wasn't that I had won. We had won. The family, because they were told they were crazy too. They had to call in sick for work. My mom and dad took a loan on the house. They did all these things. And I just became the Olympic gold medalist. I'm getting major contracts, all these things. I can afford the house. I can afford the car. We can afford all this stuff. And I thought that's what we all wanted and strived for. And I finally got it. And everybody's not happy. Happy. Yeah. And so that was this weird breakdown. God, and now I'm not happy. And and what do I do? What do I do? You know what I should do? Should win the Olympics again. Yes. Yes. I have an idea. That'll fix everything. Yeah, of course. (laughs) So so that started that, oh, well, all I got to (laughs) do is win it again. Uh And I poured my efforts into that. And it was a wild time. I actually slept on so many couches. I didn't want to go home. I didn't want to deal with it. I was like, the gardener's there and he's trying to sell me. I shit you not. He was like, all right, it's only $50,000, but it's lasers that will detect if there's movement i was like why is there you know these brown spots <laughs> he's like oh it's the rabbits the rabbits are peeing in the yard and for only fifty thousand dollars we'll get these tracker lasers and when the rabbits come on they'll sense and it'll turn on the sprinklers and they'll scare them away Fully a lot of, automated. I had a lot of that going on like you're gonna want the full king-size canary palm it's only 20 grand but we'll crane it in yeah, yeah that's scary it's like it who's scary. taking advantage of super, me super super scary yeah. yeah yeah and so it was this turbulent time and then a lot of that stuff didn't really get addressed and then I won the next Olympics so it was all kind of waiting there after the second Olympics for me but I was ready for it that time probably after the Sochi Olympics is when I started to realize the come down and like I need to prepare for this what are your mechanisms to deal with the post-Olympic yeah sort of blues obviously winning doesn't solve any problems and especially with relationships and that was a hard lesson to learn because i was like oh i built this incredible skill set of isolating the issue solving the problem and winning yeah and you cannot take that into the rest of your life (laughs) with your girlfriend it's different territory and so just knowing it was coming helped a lot well the most painful thing is feeling unique in your suffering and it's only you and there's so if you're unique in it who are you going to ask for help from because they won't understand and at this point i don't know any athletes part of it was that i always felt like i didn't necessarily belong in this sport i'd watch the x games or i'd watch these big competitions and the commentators like oh we got this guy they're like yeah really aggro and very broski and that kind of style and i just never really felt like that was who i was like i grew up 
away from the resorts. I've never lived in the mountains my yeah. entire snowboarding career. I would show up, do my thing, and leave. And so all of a sudden, they're like, you're the king. And I'm like, wow, I'm the king of all this. I relate so much to you. My hobbies are the motorcycle track, the sand dunes in my sand car. It's so interesting that everything I'm drawn to seems to come with, like you're saying, aggro. Any video I want to watch, I have to turn the sound off because I don't want to hear the fucking terrible, shitty punk rock music yeah, on yeah. it. Like, why is that the vibe? Why isn't it? This is fun. Bring your family. Let's be friends. But if you show up and you're the king of it. Yeah, that's fascinating. If you're the one guy that represents all of those others. That you don't yeah. feel connected to. And I, at times, didn't. At times I did and times I didn't. And then as my career went on, I was like, well, shit, I was living in New York for a couple months and everybody's wearing black and they're dressing this way or I'm in Japan. You know, and I yeah. picked up these different styles and things. And then I remember going to a press conference and I wore a blazer. Really casual thing. But in the lineup of monster logoed sweatshirts and, yeah. and Red Bull, I looked like I was going to the Met Ball. Yeah. Why? You're like, yeah. oh, Sean's dressed up well, whatever like this is who this i am is what i'm into why don't i lean into it and yeah. then i started really dressing the way i wanted to but it all went into this sort of on and off hill persona that i had for myself that differed from others and i liked being different i liked being on my own program i feel like later on in life i really missed out on a lot not having athletic friends right when i saw michael phelps speak i was like oh my god I could yeah. have talked to wow. him. Wow, I didn't, okay, this makes so much sense. And it's awkward because I don't follow traditional sports. Right. My dad didn't take me to the ball game. Yeah. It just wasn't our thing. We would snowboard. So now in life, it's so uncomfortable. Like I go to the ESPY awards. Oh it's, my God. Yeah, you don't I know don't one thing. don't know anybody. <laughs> and I'm like, you. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Talking really? like the number one baseball player in yeah, America. No, and you have and no it's idea. It's so uncomfortable. Yeah. And I feel so bad because I respect them tremendously. You just don't know. But I just don't know. Yeah. But they do know me. And yes. so I feel bad not being able to reciprocate. So now I bring my one buddy. Sports buddy. That's yeah. just you can like, whisper in your oh ear. Oh my God, yeah. that David Johnny. He, he, he just got signed up. Oh, that guy over there. <laughs> you know I mean? That's like, smart. I was going to say, maybe pick up a Sports Illustrated like just the week before. Yeah, just leave yeah. through it. Honestly, I would have the PR person print me out the who was expected to do what at least oh, so i could i'd have a talking yeah. point or two because the worst is being caught in it well because they're going to ask you whatever hot sports drama is going oh, on yeah. on, the, on the red carpet they're going to be like what do you think yeah of what David do you think Barrett's of this getting like, hard for three games that is wild <laughs> i can't that's believe wild. it i have opinions yeah the miami heat's gonna be upset like uh, he plays for the sixers <laughs> oh, like, oh shit this is one of vincent d'onofrio's best bits if you're in a movie with him all he does behind the scenes is talk about sports he doesn't know anything about sports so let's go like i always say you're down 10-7 on the pitch and you gotta throw the shoe and you gotta make <laughs> oh, it ring uh, and he just tries to make tries. it sound yeah like just a lot of snippets he's yeah, picked yeah, up of yeah, sports yeah. cliches but he doesn't know what any of them mean oh, <laughs> throw the long ball you gotta, yeah. you gotta, you gotta, you gotta dig in the air pitch. it out you gotta, air it yeah. out. gotta air it out hail mary you something you can't just uh, yeah, <laughs> bone it in stay tuned for more armchair expert if you dare we are supported by better help a lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? Monica, what's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? I want to say I would write and read my New Year's resolution. Yeah, uh, I would too. That would yeah. be the same. The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you so that you can make it a priority. And therapy can help you figure that out. A therapist can guide you through the process of defining your values and understanding your priorities. So you know what things you can spend your time on that will really fulfill you. 
Otherwise, you'll always be wishing for more time. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp offers convenient, affordable online therapy that comes to you. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn how to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com DAX today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot slash DAX. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. Earn up to 3% daily cash back on every purchase every day. Then grow it at 4.5% annual percentage yield when you open a savings account with Apple Card. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card subject to credit approval. Savings available to Apple Card owners subject to eligibility. Savings accounts provided by Goldman Sachs Bank USA member FDIC. Terms apply. We are supported by Viator. When you're traveling, you want to get there and experience something new and fun. Like recently, I went off-roading on a Mexico vacation. Got to some locations we would have never gotten to otherwise. Got to see a huge waterfall. It was heaven. If you want to make your next trip memorable, you need to visit Viator. It's a website and app that'll help you book fun experiences and adventures all over the world. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences in over 190 countries. Like, now this is something I would do, a tour of Rome's gems on a vintage Vespa. I mean, how else are you going to find that? Or how about a Jeep jungle tour if you're heading to Punta Cana? Fun. Another reason Viator is so great is it has 24-7 service, and you need that when you're on vacation with time zone differences and everything else. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use the code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. That's Viator, V-I-A-T-O-R, with the number 10. So you seem very well diversified in your interests and what you're into. You have a clothing line, White White Space. space. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And that's this year? It's coming out this fall. It'll be snowboards. It'll be active wear and outerwear. I launched it around this last Olympics and we put up some boards for pre-sale online and we're almost sold out of everything. Oh, that's wonderful. It's so cool just to support because I've ridden for sponsors my entire life. Created lines with them, product development, got involved in the marketing, got involved with everything. And I was like, wow, that was such a learning experience to do my own thing now. Because as an athlete, I feel like it's my job to best fit their mold that they've made, but still be myself. But when you're starting your own mold and building it from the beginning, so there's some amazing things that we were able to do out the gate. I was snowboarding up at Mammoth Mountain, and I look over and there's this guy riding in like head-to-toe Louis Vuitton. And I'm like, that's an interesting choice. (laughs) Never seen that before. And I was like, holy shit, that's Virgil. He's an amazing designer. He does off-white. He did Louis Vuitton, all these amazing things. He unfortunately passed passed away away recently. Yeah, Yeah. Incredibly sad. No, I think he suffered from cancer. No one really knew. And he was um, like one of the only black fashion icons yeah icons currently yeah yeah, mm. yeah he Running was a house. everywhere yeah. rumor has it oh, he I was know like you're talking about now i think he started out as like kanye's assistant mm. and oh, really? then he I became yeah drake says it like virgil got this paddock on my wrist ah. he, he's everywhere okay and so i run into him on the mountain we start talking i call him up to pick his brain about 
hey, I'm starting a company. You've done it before. You know, I've got access to this legend. Let yes, me that's amazing. pull yeah. some inspiration from him. And I started talking about my line and what I'm doing. He's like, I love the name because the name, obviously white, my last name, yeah. but white space is a blank canvas. Yes, yeah, yes. It's that. when you're a gap in the market, a space waiting for something new to be brought. And he's like, I love it. This is great. Why don't you lean into this and the designs we were talking? And then I'm like, look, I don't want to levy our friendship here, but I have to send you this thing because... Ages ago, I love luggage. I had designs made to have a Louis Vuitton snowboarding trunk made. Oh, yeah. I want it because I love music. I want the guitar case. So I slap it down, I open it up, and it's everything that I would need to play the gig or do the contest. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe it came from Face Off, the movie. Oh, yeah. (laughs) When Cage opens up his, it's got the guns and the sunglasses and the gum. Turnkey bad guy. Yeah, you're like, okay, I want to show up to the mountain, slap it down, open up my gear. Yeah. Here we go. And so he's just like, oh my God, I love it. We're actually doing all this other stuff with LV. I ended up doing this amazing collaboration with him around the Olympics. So he made a whole set of Louis Vuitton luggage, a snowboard trunk, guitar case. We have a white stripe that goes down the base of our boards. That's like the signature call out. And we put that on the case with the LV and all this stuff. And it's heartbreaking, you know, because he passed away during this. So he actually didn't get to see the finished product. Oh boy. Um, So I'm so proud of having this, you know, luggage and yeah it's so amazing but i didn't have to run that up the corporate ladder you vibe with what i'm doing and we're both in the same like let's work together let's collaborate and so there's things like that and then the obvious of i've been snowboarding my whole life to put all the expertise into a board or a jacket like what you could use on the mountains but it's been fun and the whole line and everything's been designed by my brother and i so what i didn't mention earlier is my brother became my team manager and then while we were on the road together sponsors like we want you to have a signature snowboard well what are we going to put on it and asked my older brother we want a sean white signature snowboard boot i'm like okay cool but like what are we gonna (laughs) ask my brother and he was coming up with these great ideas and at the end i was like why don't you just do it so he took a stab at designing a snowboard boot for me and we kind of ripped a bit of the chanel quilted puff print and put it on the the sides of the boot which no one had ever really done in the sport putting like high fashion oh yeah Yeah. it blew off the shelves everybody's after it and super comfortable they were amazing then came the helmet then the snowboarding outerwear line then the women's line then the kids line and he quickly became my in-house design team oh my god and we created these product lines together we had a bit of a parting ways it wasn't really a big fallout but he was going through things in his life and eh, i was being a bit of a shit Uh (laughs) i was in my 20s like partying Mm -hmm. and we just stopped working together and we teamed back up to do Come on, this girl. project That's so and it nice. has been you got the band back it's together it's been awesome well i mean it's, it's, I, just like when we were young we I, haven't skipped a beat the designs are killing it everything's fun and i'm like this thing could burn it could sink and crash and burn and i'd be so pumped to just be spending this time with my brothers it's not hard to imagine that your brother had to have at some point wanted to do something that was unrelated to you the initial separation you being an asshole aside I yeah just, i don't know how your brother felt but i could see the desire to I do something unrelated to you for a minute i don't know i mean i know that we had tremendous success and so with that we were like well why would you want to go do anything else we have the best-selling sunglass here we have this yeah. amazing kids line that's blowing out the shelves. We got all this stuff going on. At a certain point, it was just the daily grind of it was starting to get a lot and I wasn't as available and he's going through his stuff. I imagine there would be something there. Even to just do what he did in the beginning was kind of mind-blowing to me. And I didn't understand it because he left his career to go support my career. And every bone in my body was like, it's about me winning. 
Yeah. You know, if and I, I don't win, we don't yeah, have anything. Yeah. And maybe that was that killer inside that didn't recognize what he was doing. Like we um, were so young too. You didn't really have the faculties to be able to be like, he's sacrificing his Yeah, whole- I didn't get it. Also, totally- somewhat rightly so, the whole thing is based on the back of you being a champion. So your number yeah. one goal has to be I have to stay relevant and I have to stay great. And then all the other stuff comes after that. That is a defendable position to have. The golden goose is you being twenty three feet in the air and landing. And he could do any trick you could think of on a snowboard, but you put the camera on him or you put him in a contest situation. He wouldn't deliver. Right, right. But I was the opposite. That was that one key difference. Just the run three. Your career has really been defined by run three. So many times you're like, oh my God, I can't believe he's not going to win this. I'm thinking, well, I would have my worst run at this moment. I'm done. I do like the bases loaded sort of last. (laughs) Two strikes. My mom's like, you always do this to (laughs) us. You always do this. Turn it on when it has to happen. And it's always been like, I don't want this. I need this. And it has to happen. And so when people are like, well, I can't believe you did that. And I was like, I had to. What else like, was I going to do? What else was yeah. there? There's yeah. no other option. Full it's sand. Like, we're doing it. Yeah. And that sort of mindset change, I'm like, well, if I'm doing it, I better give it my all. It's like anything. If you're like rallying and ping pong or you're doing something and you're playing or you've hit the right gear and yeah. you're just, I know I'm making a good time on this lap. I better keep up the pace. Yeah. That momentum builds and through my run, I start to feel it. I'd imagine you're Bruce Lee it at that point. It's like Mm. you're in a state of flow. You Mm. hit the first two and you're like, oh, now I'm just, I'm going to sail through the rest of this. And it starts at the top. You cue up the song you want. They play music or you do certain things and you got that little repetition you do of, oh, this is what I say. This is what I ate. This is the high five I give. And it's so funny because the coaches that are there, they got to be just stone. You can't show the nerves or emotion. And I'm looking at them and they're just kind of brushing me off. Like, yeah, 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 go do it. (laughs) You know, like whatever, whatever. And so that's that kind of attitude up there at the top. And then I start to go and it just... It builds. You couldn't have known that the post-Olympics lulls were coming until you experienced them. I have to imagine you have a game plan. Retirement is so tricky for any human being. And I think it's compounded when you're at the height you were at. It's compounded by the fact that you're young. You know, it's not like you're going to hang with your grandkids now in Florida and golf three days a week. I want to know that you've identified who your Phelps is and that you're talking to that person. You need Michael Jordan's number. or you need Um, Dwayne Wade. We love Dwayne Wade. I got so it. I can't call I, Tom I Brady? I can't. No, that motherfucker's back. <laughs> He's an unreliable retirement like, partner. you're killing me here. TB12, <laughs> it's the red tomato. Uh, no, the person I was going to suggest, if you haven't watched it, you should watch it immediately. I think it's on HBO, the four-part magic documentary, Magic Johnson. Oh, I haven't seen it. You Great. of all people have to watch it yesterday. Okay. Because his thing was, it just got taken from him. Zero preparation. He's at the height of his powers and he gets diagnosed with HIV. So he's done. Mentally, he's not even preparing. This is like an eight-year-out thing, maybe. And to watch how that dude navigated it, it should be a textbook. Wow, okay. No one called me into an office and was like, so (laughs) it's over. I got to choose. I got to be like, you know what? The back's starting to hurt. I'm not as motivated as I was. You know, certain signs and tells and things. And I got to choose, so I started to kind of prepare for that. I mean, the company was something I'd always wanted to do, and it just finally lined up and then obviously perfect timing with my retirement so I had that going and then the other factors that you can't really I mean you could go play like Tom Brady like you got what do you do do you go to the local YMCA and do a pickup game or do you you know like at least I can go 
yeah. snowboard and skateboard well, and have Tony a great still. time. I talked to Tony about it. He's like, oh my God, I retired when I was 32 and I wish I were retired sooner. Obviously he did enough competing to be the greatest and yeah, yeah. to be that, but he's like, I skate harder than I have when I was younger. I'm still doing it. I'm still involved in the sport. I'm still doing all these things. So you can't really call it retirement. People like to throw that word on yeah, it, yeah. but mm. it's just something new. It's changing. It's different. My mom... <laughs> I was happy with one gold, you know, yeah. like, they didn't, like, what, what was the rest of this? Yeah. And so that was just stuff that I had to prove to myself. Well, the one thing that you have the advantage of, weirdly, is it's a lonelier sport in general. It's an individual sport. You don't have a team. I mean, I, I guess when you have the Olympics, you're on team. I don't want to cut you off, but I have to piece. So oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I've been plugging Please. this. Uh, no, we're going long. <laughs> no, you're great. My answers will be so much better now. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you should have told us earlier. No, no, you're good. I was, I was in it. We met like ten years ago at okay. Lollapalooza. Oh no way. We rode a golf cart together. Oh shit, was I there performing? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we showed up there, and they were like, "Look, here's the offer. You can come. There's Lollapalooza, and there's Kidsapalooza. We'd like you to come play the kids area." Yeah. And I was like, "Sure." Fuck it. Like, a gig is a gig. Let's go play it. And at that point, I was just kind of like, why should we get any offers? Because I'm in the band. You know, we should be, like, grinding it out like any band. So we played the kids stage. And then right after that, one of the bands that was there put a sign out that said, our art will not be displayed here. And then the crowd trashed their set and everybody was, you know, mad. And they left town. And it was like out of a movie. They're like, we need a band to play the main <laughs> stage at this time. And we're like, we're a band. <laughs> and they put us on. And I'm like, holy shit. And they can't change the time slots. Like they couldn't just move one of the bands already on it up because everybody's got the time going, oh, yeah. well, if I hit this band, then I can come here and see this band. So the band Heim, the sisters, mm, yes. they played and then we closed it out, our group. My friend was running that stage. Oh, okay, the Grove stage. It yeah. was so sick. And... We played the best show of our lives. We get done with it, and like any dream you've ever had when you ever pick up a guitar, the crowd chanting one more song. Uh, and so they start chanting one more song. We hear uh, one more song. <laughs> one more. And I look over, I was like, we don't have another song. <laughs> Which one do you want to hear a second what time? The, yeah, they're like, play the first one again. You know, so we go back out there. I remember being there the year before and watching the Black Keys play that stage, that time slot. And I remember thinking, oh my God, to be a, a rock star and to be <laughs> yeah. on that stage and looking out at the crowd, what would that be like? And all I could think of was that moment in my head when I was up there playing and all I went is like, there are so many fucking bugs. Because <laughs> you're out at night in Chicago in the summertime. The bugs that Ew. were just flying into my mouth while I'm trying to sing and play. But I'm here watching them go, that's got to be the dream. Yeah. And they're up there just like the bugs. That oh. makes me think of your episode of The yeah. Bachelor. Oh, my God. Yeah, where they're breaking up and there's, there's just so many bugs oh, like, like, it's, no. it romantic crying yes <laughs> uh, oh my god i hope you appreciate that you got a really good role in the sim yeah the simulation you've oh, been a rock yeah. star yeah. a skateboarder yeah, yeah. i do think of that sometimes that doesn't happen to like anybody. a lot of really cool things <laughs> just happen to happen yeah 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 you yeah. know you mentioned malcolm gladwell i remember reading his book and thinking about my life i think it was tipping point and it just so happened that I grew up 
where I did. I would ride Big Bear and Snow Summit. Now, they're not the best resorts. They're yeah. just what's the closest, yeah. right? And at the time, huge resorts like Aspen and these places, they didn't want snowboarders really around. This mountain was like, we'll take your lift ticket sales. Come yeah. on over. Here, take the whole West Ridge of the mountain. So there's a run called West Ridge. And it was all rails and jumps. It was a whole wow. snowboarding park. Mountains just didn't have that at the time. So boom, there's the facility. Taking my life compared to someone that grew up on the East Coast or somewhere where you're supposed to grow up to become a professional snowboarder. And I'm thinking, wow, the amount of days that I actually rode compared to this kid were twice as many. The conditions were sunny. It was warm. The snow was soft. And I'm not going to get hurt if I try tricks. And then I just so happened to have the best park. And the guy that was building the park, his name was Chris Gunnarsson. He now builds all of the major competition parks and for X Games, all the major. No, wow. He got his start there. At the half pipe, they had a tow rope, which is basically like a two wheels with a wire with yeah. little handles on it. And you grab on and it'll tow you up. Not only am I riding more days than someone growing up on the East Coast, but for that person to ride the half pipe, unbuckle his board and hike to the top. Or Stand he takes a chairlift yeah. all the way to the top and rides all the way down. I got to do probably like... Hot laps. Yeah, hot laps. Like <laughs> yeah. 20, let's say five runs to every one run that wow. he got. And there's a lot of those just so happens. You touched on what that perfect storm was to be me. There were all those factors. And then the major fact is that I wanted it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, wanted yeah. it so badly because people yeah. were telling me I couldn't have it or I wasn't going to be enough. And I had to not only prove them wrong, but then I had the facility there yeah. To, yeah. To, to really work on. And so I didn't grow up in the mountains, we would drive up. I basically realized that even though a lot of the kids were a lot better than me at the time because they lived there, they burnt out. We live here. Have you been to Disneyland recently? Yeah, Have you yeah. been to SeaWorld? Yeah. Right. Well, let's not talk about SeaWorld, but yeah, yeah. you don't go because you live here. Yeah. Instead of asking New Yorkers, you go to the Statue of Liberty? Right. right. Hell no. Because I live here. I see it. I got it every day. It's so they novel. just burn out, but I didn't get it. I only had it on the weekend. So I would That's... go up every weekend and go, oh my God, I've been dreaming of trying that trick. All and I'd week. be there from when it opened till it ended. And so I felt like I was getting these yeah. spurts of improvement where a lot of my competitors fizzled out. Huh. Yeah, that makes a ton of and sense. And then the older brother factor. And then the fact that snowboarding was a booming sport at the time. Yeah. It took off. I mean, yeah. X Games had just started and it was so lame when it began. They had like downhill snow mountain bike races and shovel races where you sat on shovel, <laughs> like ice climbing wall, like these weird. It was way more of like an MTV spring breaky vibe. Holly Shore hosted it. <laughs> oh, there wow. you go. So a lot of those things built into that. And then there was the, I really want it. Factor, yeah, yeah. You know? This is a sincere question. How much is the red hair in that story? I think it's pretty relevant in there. Just because I was really the only redhead at my school. So I was different. Yeah. And then I was the only one in my community that snowboarded. And give you a nice um, little useful chip on your shoulder, I think. Yeah, yeah, well, I was just unique. And people made fun of me for having red hair, but I didn't really care. But I liked being unique. I thought it was cool. And then I did unique things. And all of a sudden, I had a knack for stuff. And I remember very early on that kids in my neighborhood, I could just do things that they couldn't. We find some two by four, they're building the local track development nearby and you're stealing the lumber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the you're building little and yeah, launch scraps ramps and, and building lawn tramps and yeah. stuff. And I could, for some reason, just eyeball it and go a little bigger. I kind of knew. And then doing things that my friends were like, there's no way I'm doing that. But I would do it and feel yeah. confident about yeah. it. And go, oh, I could do it even bigger. I don't know how I convinced my parents and the neighboring parents to allow this to happen. But 
obviously Evil Knievel was big in my world and I would line up the children in the neighborhood oh my God. and oh, jump yeah. over them on my bike. Yes. That was my first mode of transportation. Did you ever race BMX? No, but I would have loved to. That oh, was something that was where I, I loved jumping bikes. And so that was my early beginnings. And then my parents embraced that. Yeah. They were having a sale on trampolines at Costco. <laughs> so my, my mom and dad come home one Christmas with a trampoline. Yeah. And so I was hooked. It was hard to get in the air on my bike. Now it's just right there. You tie the towel around your neck like you're a superhero. <laughs> oh, you get the cape what? towel move yeah. and the sheet. And I'm trying <laughs> double black flips and all these things. And I was so confident flipping and spinning in the air. And then one of the locals had a skate ramp in their backyard and they were getting rid of it. And we were like, we'll take it. Another impossible yeah. thing. Yeah. No one so, ever offered me a ramp. Boom. It came with a catch though. Oh. The reason why they didn't want the ramp, which they didn't tell us, is that it got out that they had a skate ramp. And there's kids and are in your backyard. kids yeah. just showing up and yeah. throwing parties. Now everybody realized the ramp hadn't gone. It had just moved. Uh, and we yeah. had a jacuzzi. Uh, and we were, you know what I mean? And my brother would be bragging at school. Yeah, we're going to go to Mammoth this weekend. Yeah. Blah, blah. And they're like, oh, no way. What time are you guys leaving? <laughs> oh, that's cool. And they like, you see him putting the chairs down in the cars when we're leaving to hide. You know, oh they go set God. up lights and have all night oh. parties in our house oh, and break windows. Yeah, you know, just crazy shit. <laughs> and we're getting the cops called on us. We were that house in the community uh, that was just the terror. The house. Yeah. And the kids would come over and people getting hurt and sure. shooting skateboards through the windows. And the setup for the trampoline was the worst. There was a trampoline on the backside area. It was all a row of glass windows. Oh, oh. my God. Then there was cement to the left of it. Sure. Right in front was a giant rose bush. Oh, Christ. And then the skate ramp to the right. Oh, my God. I landed in that rose bush. <laughs> All the time, it's the worst. Yeah. Just stuck in the because these are old school trampolines, not yeah. the ones with the nets now. Oh, no, God. no, my dogs jumped on there and chewed the protective mat. So oh, sure, those were gone after yeah, a week, yeah. and now it's just springs landing in springs. Oh yeah, yeah and yeah. then so my brother's double bouncing me, and I'm yeah. doing oh, the flips, and I landed face first in one of the springs and cut my nose open. I had to get stitches in here, and oh. I, yeah. Which by the way, didn't you get sixty four stitches in your face on one of Oof, the yeah. Where is this scar? I lucked out. It split pretty well. And then I cut through my forehead and then I bit through my tongue, which ah! I, I still can't really feel the tip of my tongue. I was hoping that was going to come back. It's still kind of numb. How long ago was that? 2017. It was two months before the qualifying of the 2018 Olympics. Well, I have great news for you. Mm -hmm. I was wrestling my friend drunk back in Michigan in the snow at Christmas time. I had him in a headlock and he couldn't get out and he bit through my shoulder oh. and I couldn't feel my thumb for, I bet, seven years. And I was like, that's a wrap on that thumb. I'll just never yeah. be able to feel that thumb. There wasn't even like a day I noticed. It's yeah. just all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, I can feel my thumb again. It totally came back. Oh, okay. I'm holding so out one day I'll be eating like, some sushi. <laughs> no Man, that was a tough day though. That was brutal. I'm in New Zealand. I'm training. Every Everything's gone my way. They're pumping the right music at the half pipe. The sun's out. Everybody's doing their thing. And I'm cranking these tricks out. I'm on fire. But the one wall that I was going to try this new trick on, I'd learned the trick on the opposite wall. Now I needed it on this wall to complete the run. It was the last missing piece. I'd been putting it off, procrastinating, waiting for the best time to do it. And I'm like, it's now or never. Let's go for it. 
And right when I took off, it's like anything, you know, if you jump on a bike and you're like, ooh, I should have given it a little more gas on the takeoff. Yeah, or you feel yeah. the nose start to dip, whatever, uh, yeah. shooting a basketball, kicking a soccer ball. You just know when it's wrong. Yeah. But I'm flying through the air and I'm 20 something feet up. It was very Talladega Nights. Oh my God, I'm flying through the air. This yeah. isn't good. <laughs> you know, everything's slow. I come around and sure enough, I'm like four feet over the deck of the half pipe. The money spot is to land just inside the wall. It's really bad to land on top and it's really bad to pull out too far and land in the bottom because like you said, you're dropping like 30 so feet far. or oh more. Yeah. And so I clipped the top, but the issue was I now clipped and I bounced 22 feet to the bottom. You basically hit twice. You fell 20 yeah. feet to I the deck. I hit the top. Then yeah. you fell another however many feet. Honestly, Thankfully, that's kind of what happened because if I would have gone the 30 feet down in my face, that's yeah. when things go really, really wrong. Look at me. I'm like, yeah, it's actually pretty good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Silver lining, <laughs> as you tell the, all your yeah, loved ones. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I clip yeah. the top, I bounce to the bottom, wherever the sun is shining at that particular time of day. It was not on this wall. This was the icy wall. So I um. clipped the bottom and <sighs> I just felt my face hit. And I remember kind of going, ooh, that was bad. And I don't remember being knocked out because I've been knocked out a lot. And I was so mad. I was pissed because yeah. I knew exactly what I did wrong. And whenever that happens, I get fired up. You want to go do it again. Yeah. I want to immediately go do it again yeah. and write the wrong. I mean, even contests that I've lost, I'm steaming and I hike to the top to go yeah. do the run that I'm like, I'm not going to let this beat me. But anyway, so I come up, I'm dazed and just the blood starts pouring down my face and my coach JJ comes mm. running up and I'm like, how bad is it? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And he yeah. just looks at me and he just looks away and he's like, oh, <laughs> you're going to be fine. We'll get you down to the air. And I'm like, dude, look at me. How bad is it? And he's like, <laughs> he looked away again. He's like, you got a bit of a gash. And I could feel something on the side of my face. And that turned out to be my lip was over oh, there. My and then the tongue was kind of hanging a bit. You look like one of those crazy dogs. Yeah, oh, yeah, teeth yeah. everywhere, yeah. tongue over here, <laughs> totally. backwards. Like I shoot on a grenade. Yeah. And so oh my rushed God. to the hospital. I had to get helied there. It's The hospital's a pretty <laughs> loose term in New Zealand. You're like, you can't go here for that. You got to go to there. I'm in the hospital. And that was a wild experience because I had not delivered the performance I wanted at the Olympics before that. So this was my big comeback to win it again. Into 18? Into 18. Yeah. So I lost 2014. Here we go, 2018. 18. Yeah. And the reason why I lost in 2014 is that I just lost that love. I lost yeah, the drive. Yeah. I yeah. had been winning all the contests leading up. I'm standing there with the winning hand. I just couldn't play it. Beating against the wall, just forcing myself to do something wasn't going to work anymore. And that pulling from that inspiration of I got to be the best, that's dried up. Yeah. I've been doing it. I've been delivering. The second win is going to be, I got to prove this wasn't a fluke. Exactly. So it's hugely motivating. In. Yeah. Yeah. You feel like that's going to put up nice And we bow. talked about the Mike Tyson and Muhammad yes, Ali. Yes. Like I won with my first run and then I got what's called the victory lap. And yes. instead of just waving to the crowd, I'm like, okay, now I'm going to show them what I'm really made of. That it wasn't bullshit. So I dropped this run and I did this big trick called the double McTwist 1260. Never been done before. I invented it and I didn't have to do it. And I bump my score up even more. Because yeah, you had already won, right? You had already won, a third. but I yeah. wanted to just show what I was capable of, and I'd been getting injured doing that trick. So I nailed it, and no one knows trick names. The 1625 with the roast beef sandwich, like, everyone knew this name. I was on Oprah, and she's like, the double McTwist 1260, that was an incredible trick. <laughs> everyone knew it. The only reason I think people know is it kind of sounds like something you'd order at McDonald's. It does. You well, know? Also, the McTwist is a skateboard thing originally, right? Exactly. Is it McGill? Mike McGill? Mike McGill. So yeah. we kind of 
of borrowed that. Obviously, yeah, yeah. it's the same trick on snow, but now we're doing two of those. Yeah. And the numbers are just degrees of rotation. Right. So 180 is a half a circle, 360 full circle, 540, 720, 900, 1080, all the way up to 1260 12, doing a double, double flip in the pipe. I'm going to do an 11,000. Yeah, get it. <laughs> I can see it First in your ever. eyes. Yeah. Five figures. That was this really big oh. deal. And that was my, hey, I'm doing this. You must think, I just did a trick with some permanence. Has the 900 ever been done again? It has now, it has. yeah. It's happening more often. But to me, if I'm you, I yeah. just got the ultimate closure. I won the second time. Mm -hmm. I proved it wasn't a fluke. Yeah. And I did something no one can do. Yeah, but I'm 23. I know. And I was like, here we go. <laughs> and then the Olympics came around again. That spotlight that's swinging around all of a sudden yeah. is yeah. coming back around. And I'm like, The comments wow, back. <laughs> let's do it again. And I'm pulling from that same place. And at this time, I was trying to be in a band. I was doing the half pipe. And then they added slope style, which was a different discipline and at that point i'd almost had more medals in the slope style than the from half x pipe. games from x games yeah. big major events and so i considered myself an expert of both so yeah. i was like cool i'm gonna double down yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> two yeah. medals almost Why convince not? yourself yeah, that's yeah. the thing you're going so for that's now i'm going for both i'm shooting a documentary i was playing in this band i was doing all this stuff and i got there and none of it happened how quickly when you get there do you acknowledge to yourself because there's a feeling I imagine that you have when you well, know you're going to win. I mean, at that point, I remember arriving and it was such a weird Olympics because there's always drama surrounding the Olympics. And this one, it was against the law to be homosexual in Russia. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you have all these people coming dogs. over. They're killing dogs yeah. Yeah, and yeah, doing all this yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. and yeah. the construction yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And it was, it's not going to be ready in time. It was a weird thing. And every time you get to the bottom of the course, like, what do you think about the kid? What do you think about this? And you're like, I'm here to snowboard and right. I really want to focus on what I'm doing. And it's tough, you know, because that's the agenda of whoever's putting the titles on the articles and things. Let's ask this athlete this geopolitical yeah, issue totally. that five people yeah. understand. Let's well, see he's panting at the end of his... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just risked ripping oh his fucking head yeah. off on yeah. the yeah. Totally. And so I get there and the course was pretty crazy and I ended up pulling out of the slope style. It's too dangerous. I look at my career in the long game. There will be another Olympics for me. There will be another. I've pulled out of plenty of contest because I didn't feel safe. And yeah, plenty of times where I show you're up not crazy. and they're yeah. doing the photo shoot, it's too windy or it's too icy or yeah. it's something. I'm like, no, I'm not doing Good it. Good for you. Yeah. And you have to stand there and be willing to take the barrage of like, oh, Sean White's not going to, we set this all up for you. You're not going to yeah. hit it or you're not going to do what we came here to do. And you got to be confident in those decisions. But that's how I looked at it. I'm like, I'm not going to sacrifice myself for today when I know that there's all of this. And yeah. I was like, I'm defending my title in the half pipe. Why don't I just cut over and do the half pipe? Because I'm like a sure thing there. Yeah. The pipe was brutal. And I can finally say that because I won the uh, next Olympics. Man, it was bad. We had yeah. three days of practice. And for three days, the pipe was pretty much deemed unwritable. Oh, wow. my God. Yeah. And so it was a that whole, great Russian design. It, it was a big mistake. They finally pull it off. The pipe's writable. We're doing the competition. And I had the winning run. I just couldn't put it down. And like you said, when I know I'm going to win, yeah. I know it. When I know I'm going to lose, I was like, wow, I'm about to lose this thing. Mm. And it happened. And I was like, wow, okay. I've never been to the Olympics and lost before. Yeah, yeah. I've always been the champion. I've based my whole identity off of winning. I'm not the guy. I didn't even podium. I was in forth. And so I was just like, wow, okay, this is what one this feels like. You can't really escape it. No. Grocery store. Ah, oh, better luck next time. Buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're at the car wash. Oh, man, I saw that. At this point, I assumed that anything that happened before this is expunged. It's gone. Yes, you've lost it. So now we're starting at zero again, which is where my mind went. I was yeah. like, okay, 
I got to build from the beginning. So there I am. It sounds ridiculous talking about it now, but I own a house at the beach in Malibu. I'm sitting there trying my hardest to feel so sad for myself that I didn't <laughs> win the gold and this beautiful home. <laughs> and I'm sitting there looking out. I'm in tears. You know, I'm bummed. I'm just like, what do I do? My life, oh, four more years. Oh my God. And at this point, I'm kind of thinking I'm going to retire. I did it once. Yeah. I did it twice. Let's go th number three. And out. Yeah, three Pete, three in a row. Yeah. Maybe I'll start doing the band and yeah, I'll do the music and do maybe some acting. I'll do skateboarding. So I'm losing the motivation to want to continue to snowboard. And then all of a sudden I didn't get what I wanted. I was already done and now I didn't get what I want. So I'm feeling empty. How do I start from here when I'm already so unmotivated? Anyway, so I'm looking out at the water and this big ass whale jumped out of the water. <laughs> and I'm all, oh my God. <laughs> was, that a, was that a whale? I was like, <laughs> it was so majestic. Like, I'm like crying. Like, oh my God. So beautiful. And then everything just shattered. I was just like, what are you crying about? You killed it. Look at this crazy house yeah. you have. And look at the oh, people still calling you the champ and the fucking whale jump for you. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. Life's amazing. And then I decided in that moment, I'm going to make this the best thing that's ever happened to me. And then I started to go from that perspective. How long was that period? That moment Between or like being Between loss and seeing the whale? Weeks, months, a year? That was probably... I might have to look at what whaling season was. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, someone's going to cross-check yeah, us. Well, yeah, actually, the, story the, the humpbacks only come through. And the, yeah. we did the Winter Olympics, and then yeah. we went into that 2018 summer. It may have been that next winter or sometime during that summer. So you spent a good year feeling pretty directionless yeah, and scared. feeling pretty rough and yeah. just like, what do I do? And reminded it's of these the things. the identity and, thing, though, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, but I thought everything else was gone. But they're like, no, you still got two gold medals. Yeah. You're the man. And I was like, oh. It's not gone. Again, having some athletic friends would have really been helpful. Yeah. Well, back to Ali and Foreman. Foreman lost the rumble in the jungle. That was inconceivable. And the depression he went in lasted for years and years. Mm. Like he completely lost sight of who he was. And you can just see how heavy the identity is. Yeah. For me, I'm wired to sulk in it. And then I just switch to the strategy mode. Yeah. yeah. I go, yeah. okay, if I was to make this the best thing that ever happened to me, how would I go about about that. Okay, well, definitely a comeback would be involved. If I did a comeback to the next Olympics, what would I do and how would it look like and who would be with me and what's upsetting me that kept me from winning that medal? And the crazy part about all of it is it was more of an emotional thing to like fall back in love with the sport rather than a physical thing, mm -hmm. which would have been so nice to just go do more push-ups and yeah. more sit-ups and stuff and get stronger and then go win or get the right trick. This was how do you make yourself fall in love with someone else? It's so hard and impossible at times. Well, I would argue, actually, you're talking like year eight of a marriage. The last three years have sucked. And instead of getting out, how on earth are you going to fall back in love with this yeah, person? Yeah. That's and what you it were, is. And you were ready to get out. You're like, yes, here's the paper. We're out. I had a lawyer. Wow. Now how am I going to get four more years? <laughs> and, and I got to like, fall in hmm. love with her for it to work. As we noticed at the last Olympics, it doesn't work unless I'm in love with it. Yeah. And so I went through this whole process and everything's clicking J.J. Thomas came into my life, became my coach, amazing physical therapist, all these people, my team's built. I reconnected with my brother. I did all yeah. these family things, friends yeah. I'd lost touch with, all that stuff. Now I'm just like a happier person. Put me back on the mountain. I'm just a happier guy and I'm back doing what I love. And then I'm in New Zealand with my face ripped yeah. open in the hospital. And I'm like, okay, I didn't see this coming. This definitely wasn't on the trajectory. To-do list. Yeah, <laughs> the plan of yeah, how this check. was going to go. <laughs> 
And man, if you would have told me, look at the bright side, I would have... Spit on you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If if your lips worked enough, you would have spit on you. Yeah, if I could eat food enough to tell you, like, oh yeah, that was brutal. But what I ended up leaving with was, wow, okay, I'm being tested right now. And how badly do I really want this? Are you in love with this or not? Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you going to stick with it or are you going to not? Because Mm -hmm. stepping back out on the mountain means in some way small percentage or not, like I'm willing to let this happen to me again. I've had my crashes here and there, but this was really bad. And it's my face. It only hurts when it's cold. Uh. And it's always cold. I'm trying to do my interviews. And so I decided in the hospital, all right, I love it. I'm in it. I'm not going to go through all this for nothing. The storyteller in me and the egomaniac in me might even latch onto the fact this is going to be a part of the story. This should break me and it's not gonna. When I'd make that decision, like, fuck that, I'm still going forward. I'm almost now like, yeah, that happened. And I don't give a fuck. It tried to take me down and it couldn't. It's almost like a cool piece. It's a movie. You're fucking rocking, you're training, everything's looking good, and then you break your wrist. It did make an incredible story arc. (laughs) Yes. In the moment, I don't think I was feeling that way. I was like, oh my God, am I going to look the same again? You had just gotten gorgeous too. When did you cut your hair off? (laughs) I got to say, let's pause this inspirational story. I've never seen someone's whole persona change with a haircut as <laughs> radically as yours. Would you agree with this, Monica? He was this cute, goofy guy that yeah, you thought maybe true. was a stoner. And then you have this short haircut, and I go, this motherfucker's gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this face structure. It was hiding. I did cut my hair, and then a couple weeks later, I went into a restaurant and... Is it Cuba Gooding Jr.? Yeah. Then, he was there and he was like, God damn, like, <laughs> when's the underwear ad coming? Like, <laughs> I was like, oh. I was getting this response. You could actually see my face, That's I guess. Why. But, you just couldn't see. You were the girl um, in the movie where she had glasses <laughs> on and a ponytail and you took your hair down, took oh, your glasses off. Well, 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 thank like, you. I don't, yeah, I don't know. No. You just jaw. became an adult, yeah, is what yeah. happened, I think. But it was That's radical. So funny for you Real radical. That. Okay. Yeah, I'm just saying, you're newly recognized as gorgeous and you just fucked your face up <laughs> oh man well i just never been in an accident like that yeah. i'd had some yeah. things i had a bad crash when i was young where i was at a sports and music festival in austin texas i'm doing a doubles routine with another skater which means we're airing over each other and whatnot oh, wow. his partner was injured couldn't do it they're like let's bring in sean sure we got an hour to get a routine together. There's a guy named Bob Burnquest, pro skater, really talented guy. We made up the routine and halfway through, I forget what we're doing. Oh, I was a kid yeah. and I'm coming up the ramp as he's coming down and he hits me. And it's like the world's most one-sided fist fight. I mean, he was in his upper 20s, probably 30s, and I was 11. Oh. And, you know, his board hit my foot and the, the wood of the board oh broke God. on my foot, broke my foot. My helmet hit his hip and then it hit the ramp, which oh. fractured my skull down oh the middle. My oh. And then I slapped my hand on the ramp, which broke my hand. I'm knocked out. I don't remember <laughs> any of this. My parents jump over this fence and oh. my mom runs over. She's like, Sean, can you hear me, Sean? They're questioning up. their entire parents. They're like, for the oh my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so my mom grabs my hand. And she starts squeezing my hand like, Sean, Sean, wake up. And I start reeling in pain. And they're like, I think his hand's broke. She's like, oh, my God. And drops the hand, you know. And then so she moves down the body. She starts squeezing my foot. And they're like, I think his foot's broken. She's like, oh, my God. (laughs) I wake up 20 minutes later in the hospital. And all I remember is my mom like, you got to eat. And she's trying to feed me chicken (laughs) nuggets from McDonald's. And I'm puking. And I look over and my dad is in the hospital. This is in Texas. So this big wooden rocking chair that he had at home. And it's now at the he hospital. Rocked. And I'm thinking, oh my 
God, how long have I've I been, been out? For a yeah. year. Long, yeah. They just happen to have the same rocking chair. Oh. My dad's like, sweet, nice. <laughs> like, of course, there he is in his rocking chair. Oh and so God. I get home from this, and MTV's like, oh my God, please don't sue us. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And we weren't like that. They fly us home. I get home, got a cast on my arm, I got a cast on my leg. And I had what's called a hematoma. So sure. the blood was running around my forehead from the crack in my skull. And then it settled in my eyes. So I had these crazy black eyes. And I was just more upset that I didn't break the hand that I write with. Oh, sure. So I, now I still have to do my schoolwork. <laughs> yeah. And so I go to class and the teacher sees me and starts crying. I look like I got hit by a <laughs> truck. I start looking around and... I'm like, what the f My buddy's like got his hair parted. He's got a collared shirt on. It was fucking picture day. Oh. I had no idea. <laughs> I'm in a dirty t-shirt. <laughs> they put me in the corner and I got these giant black eyes. And that's when the neighborhood started to take notice. They're like, okay, you're letting your cardiac kid, your heart conditioned baby go do these things. That's so that's, child that's when service. it started to look kind of bad on paper. Yeah. Um, but we knew that that was just an accident. Yeah. I don't normally skate with other people on the ramp, all these yeah. things. So that was the only really bad crash I'd had. I'd had some concussions some things here and there and now I've got my face ripped open in New Zealand and I'm going whoa okay this is a sign yeah and everybody's kind of telling me in my team that it's time to retire uh -huh. it's time to be done and I was considering retiring at the last Olympics so now I'm here going shit maybe I should so the whole this is going to be great for my story thing that didn't come till later when I was like yeah. okay I'm doing it let's see it through and then I promised myself I wouldn't do that trick again until the conditions were perfect. Acts of God were happening. I'd show up and it was like the storm blew in. You can't ride. I show up, the machine that cuts the half pipe broke. Now we gotta fly to Canada. Another storm blows in. We get to the event. There's no snow. They gotta postpone. All these things happened. Wow. And then we're two weeks out from the Olympics and I've thrown this trick twice now at this point and never in a run. It's like, I, I guess we gotta do it when we get there. Oh, was the whole God, thing. Yeah. And so I'm flying over there and I do great in qualifying. I go into finals. I'm in first place. One of the competitors dropped and he beat my score by one point. Oh my God. And I'm like, all right, we have to do it. And I had never done it before in my run. So it was such a heavy event because I'm standing at the top. It's called the 1440, double flip 1440. And so I did one on the front side wall, my first hit. And then the second hit is the one where I had to do the one that put me in the hospital. Yeah. And I'm already nervous to do this trick. And now I have to do a trick into that trick. So yeah. it's like, all right, here we go. It's your best score out of three runs. Second run, I fall during the trick and I never tried it before I'm like alright it's now or never I gotta do the trick to win it yeah. I've never done it before but if I'm gonna do it second try would be the try to do it and everything slowed down I remember just deja vu of the time before I was the last rider to drop in Sochi and I'm sitting there going I'm not gonna win and then this time I'm like savor the moment bud cause you're about to win this thing yeah. and I looked and the flags are blowing at the side of the half pipe it's cool cause they show the countries that are representing but it's also to see how windy it is. Yeah, the yeah. flags are down. The sun started to kind of peek out through oh, this gap oh, in the clouds. God. I recognized the song playing. It was like a Post Malone song. It wasn't angelic orchestra music. No. no. <laughs> 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 Maybe inside, but I was like, wow, I hope they send me now and don't hold me for TV or something. And yeah. they're like, all right, right, ready, go. And I turn, high five my guys, and I go, and it's just clockwork. I nail the first trick. 
And right when I hit the second one, I lit up inside. I was like, oh, okay. you're putting a gold medal on. All we got to do is finish it. Yeah. And so I get through the run, that last trick. And they put the blue lines on the pipe wall so you can kind of clock where you are when you're flipping through the air. And I remember that blue line came right up to my face the last run. So I was like, I'll give it a little more this time. I'm doing my trick. I'm coming around looking for that blue line. And it was still a good five foot drop from where I was landing. It was the most casual landing. Perfect. Mm. I've Ugh. never done it better. Best run of your life? Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And I'm standing there like, I think I just did it. But yeah. I don't know. I'm waiting for the score, all this stuff. And then it hits. And I won my third gold medal after not winning before. The comeback story, the face, yeah. all yeah. that stuff, the love for the sport. I just yeah. tearing up here. But I just bawled. Yeah. I couldn't contain it. I've never been so emotional after a win. And it's because of all of that. It yeah. was so intense. And my whole family's there. They'll play it at things where I'm going to come out and talk. I'm backstage, like getting, I can't not yeah. watch it or hear it and get transported to that day. I was gonna say, when yeah. you see it, do you get mirror neuron? Like, can you feel it when they play that clip? Oh yeah, you can feel it. Oh, it's like if they play that song that you had in high school yeah, for yeah. the breakup or whatever. You're like, ooh, I remember that. And yeah. I, now I can smell the car I was in. I fully get put back in that fight mode. And it's so funny because afterward, I don't realize how tensed up I am until after. I'm always had a stomach ache after. I'm sick to my stomach because it's slowly unnodding. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't realize that I'm gripped the whole time, but I'm so gripped to yeah. get through it. And then it, you did it, but it's so intense that you're still kind of like, wait, did it happen? But then they're throwing the mic in your face and telling you, oh, how was the run? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, then, yeah, yeah. and then the first question is like, what about the next one? Mm -hmm. It's the first question oh they ask. Like, what about the next Olympics? And you're just like, oh, okay. Let Give me, me a second. Here for yeah. One second, please. But that was why that win was so emotional. And going back for this last Olympics, I felt like it was more of the victory lap or the goodbye tour. If I were you, my mindset would have been, I'm at peace with this. Expectations are low. This is my fourth Olympics. I'm open to winning. That'd be awesome. And I know I'll be at peace if I don't. I had a lot of growing that happened to get to that place. And then what happened was that Olympics ended and went and I still had the love for the sport. I just yeah. found it again. Yeah. Got my team still feeling very strong. And then this one came around. It was like, okay. And now all of a sudden, COVID. I can't train in Canada. I can't train in New Zealand or Australia. Any little move is like pulling teeth. And I just took it as like, okay, it's just a new challenge. This is the way the board's set. I got to figure out my way. I mean, I'm calling Dubai <laughs> to see if they'll build the half pipe in the Dubai ski facility. Sure. Because we're allowed to go there and it's an indoor park. It'll always be sunny. It'll always be this temperature that I want it. It actually wouldn't hold the weight of the machine that it takes to put in oh, wow. the oh, park. Really? Yeah, I went into all this stuff trying sure, to figure sure. it out. Through that, I realized, it's like, gosh, it's just not what it was before. And I'm at peace with that finally. And it was after that last Olympics in Korea is when I did a lot of growth. And then I actually attended a couple Tony Robbins events. Oh, you did? And that really like blew my mind yeah, yeah i bet we watched that i'm not your fucking guru doc yeah amazing yeah it was incredible so he asked me to come to his house he's like come speak at my house to my team it was myself michael phelps and tom brady was on the panel no so i'm thinking oh this is awesome like, yeah. yeah yeah i'm with the crew yeah <laughs> and we get there he's such a presence very intense we got a green room set up and i'm thinking it's like a bedroom or a you know yeah yeah sure throw me in the laundry room and i'll hide from the guests because we're a surprise and takes me through the garage and he's got these ferraris on spinning discs oh and like you know it is just sick <laughs> yeah 
evil lair, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. but not evil because he's yeah, the nicest yeah. guy ever. But anyway, so he gets me in there and he leans on the wall and he pushes this button and this trap door opens no. up in the floor. Oh my and God. And he's like, you cool with this? And it was a slide. Oh! And I was like, yeah, sure. And so I jump on the slide and then this flash goes through my brain of like, I have no idea where this yes. slide leads. Yes. It could be a cage. It could be crocodiles. I just met this guy. Yeah. And I'm thinking all these things. I know he's got Michael down there in cages. And he's, oh my. He's, he's doing some he's, sort of experiment. Yeah, or just Collecting siphoning trophies. the spirit to, yeah. that fuels him to go do what he does. Yeah, and, I, yeah. and I'm like, okay, I shake that out. <laughs> and so I get down there and it's the sickest man cave you've ever seen. There's like a basketball court. Oh, There's a whole Jesus. spa. There's a whole oh. movie room. This oh, entire wow. underground thing he's built there because it's in Florida. So it's all underwater. Yeah. And there's like Michael and Tom like playing pool. They've like, come- what up? They hit the slide apparently. Oh. So <laughs> that could be so- career ending for Tom. <laughs> we do the panel. That's where I hear Michael speak, which changed a lot for me in my life. And then I ended up speaking on his documentary. After that, I remember leaving and he's like, let's just do this little thing. We call it the prayer, but it's nothing religious. It'll boost you up. And so we did it. It's basically an exercise where you stack all the positive things in your life rather than what we do. Like, oh, the tire went flat and then I ran out of gas. We do that in the day, but this was reversing it. Like, let's just stack all these positive things. So I remember leaving going, God, I feel incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And so he invited me to his event, which I'm like, he does that for everybody, I'm sure. Then months later, he calls me. And he's like, hey, we got this event going on in New York. Perfect timing. I'm in that depression lull of the Olympics. And I'm like, what do I do? It's sunk back in. And I was like, I'm going. I'll just do it. So I went solo. I went to the event. I had this amazing experience. After that, as like a thank you to him, he was doing his next event in the mountains. I was like, I'll go ride with your team. I'll take the event and we can be friends. Yeah. And so I did that. And after that, I was like, okay, let's go to the big one. In Hawaii? No, in West Palm Beach. Oh, right. He owns an island in Tahiti. He does them all over. Sure. That's the one I went to. And I do the event. It's like seven days. And I'm breaking through my past, all these things. I have to write down this list of like what I want in my life and relationships and all this stuff. And they break you into groups. And so now I'm telling this group about my life and what I'm hoping and I I want love and I want this and I want that and all these things. And there's this girl in our group and I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm getting a perspective of this young girl. (laughs) Uh There's an older guy who just recently divorced, you know, different walks of life. So you're getting this opinions from everybody and she's reading me her list and I can't help but be kind of like, it's the same. Shit, I'm checking a lot of boxes on this list. Yeah, And that's how I met Nina. Get it the was fuck Nina? out for yeah. the second time. Yeah, second time. Oh my God, how so crazy. So that's, that's how we met. And now it was like I had this cheat sheet. Yeah. Well, she hates this yeah. and she loves that. Yeah. And she knows what I don't like and oh what my God, I that's need. That's amazing. So that's it was wild. Pretty, it was pretty wild. So that's how, how long ago was that? Almost three years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. And Have then, you bumped yeah. into Dog the Bounty Hunter yet? <laughs> that's a sincere question. He and Tony are super tight. Oh, really? Do you know of our 450 episodes? Yeah. My favorite one's Dog the Bounty Hunter. I did meet him. You did? Not really, though. <laughs> okay. I was in Hawaii. I just landed. I'm going on vacation. He comes blazing through the airport, and I know that look of like... <laughs> I got to get to my car because somebody's going to come talk to me and yeah, stop me. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. totally walked up to him and he just blew past. I was like, hey, man, I'm Sean. <laughs> he blew right past me and his cronies were there. And the one guy just jaw dropped that like, fuck, that's Sean White. <laughs> he just blew past me and I'm standing there left with my hand hanging out. I was like, I didn't 
really want to meet you. I thought I'd just say, hey, because you do stuff with this sunglass company that I also work with. <laughs> He's really close with Tony Robbins. Okay. And he was down wandering around on a beach and bumped into him. And oh. that's what changed his life. You know, he yeah. just got out of prison. I mean, oh, wow. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Amazing. Oh, Sean White, this was yeah, so fun. fun huh? This fun. was a doozy. We haven't had one like this in a while. We oh, haven't. Yeah? No, uh-huh. one where it's just a blast and we oh, just go for you. five hours. Okay, this usually happens mid-interview, but now it's yeah. going to happen at the very end of it. Look at Monica, but make okay. sure the mic is between your mouth and her. Okay. So oh. this is where I tell you who I think you look like. Circa 86, the original Top Gun, mm. Iceman, Val Kilmer, the eyes. Okay, I could kind of see it the last half hour i was just like that's it, it. nina's him. dog is named maverick because <gasps> oh. she loves how many times Top have you guns guns so, the thing. Yeah. so if i tell her that i look like the ice man it's gonna be pretty cool she knows she knows <laughs> she doesn't want to inflate your ego <laughs> okay good, good how many times have you guys seen the new one in person she's friends with miles teller and yeah. so we ended up flying to london went to the premiere and that was unreal what so, a movie what a movie incredible i've seen it twice i'm gonna see it a third time and i met tom when i was like a kid probably after the first olympics opposite experience with dog the bounty hunter right very he, different yep very opposite. different yeah. he came up to me he was with katie at the time she's pregnant and where he's like Oh, I love it. I was watching from home on the couch and you crushed it. And he was saying all these nice things. And classic Tom rolls up. He's like, love the career. You've been killing it. Way to go. People that are so big in their world and their thing, but they still know. I mean, I had a similar thing just happen to me. I went to this event. It was an all walks of life meetup thing in Montecito. And I'm cruising and I hadn't seen Matthew McConaughey in forever, but I would bump into him on the red carpet. He's like, hey, hey, so smooth. And he'd say, hi, some lobster butter. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get a third gold medal down in Sochi. (laughs) What happened to Sochi? Dude, he walked (laughs) right up to me and he was like, white space. How's it going? Like we hadn't missed a beat. He's like, I love it. Are you getting the tingle? You getting that feeling? And I was like, what? And he's like, we onto something here? And I was like, oh, the earth's shaking, baby. It's going. We're we're doing it. So, you know, you meet these people, but yeah, I ran into Tom and he was amazing. The amazing movie, but it's probably just the hair, but I get Macklemore a lot. Oh, you do? Okay. Another interview we enjoyed quite a a bit. Quite a bit. Mm -hmm. That was a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so old now that I learn day of basically of somebody like, oh, everyone feels this way about this. I don't know anything, right? Like Uh Machine Gun Kelly we interviewed the other day. Fell in love with him. But again, I'm learning that day that some people hate him. I wouldn't know that. I don't know who feels what way about anybody, really. I'm just too old now. That's why I love meme tweets. Oh, on Kimmel. It's so amazing because there's these people that you're like, who's got the time to hate this older actor that's got (laughs) nothing? You know what I mean? But part of it as somebody that would get hated on you, you go, oh, wow, like everybody gets it. It kind of brings it down to how ridiculous it is in the first place and why people would be so angry to throw hate from such a hidden place. I think out of the 8 billion people on planet Earth, we only have a single example of a person everyone loves. I think Tom Hanks is the only person. Probably no one's ever said a bad word. Except maybe Colin. Well, that's possible. Yeah, that's likely, actually. Yeah. Mean, yeah. Everyone hates Fair their dad. Likely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Sean, this was a fucking party. Yeah, thanks I'm for so glad it finally happened. Yeah. Thank you. Happy Worth to be here. Worth the wait. I need an right update on. on, well, we'll get it from Nina, about yeah. her perspective on the behind the scenes at mm-hmm. the Teen Choice yeah, Awards. And I'm going to mm-hmm. give her carte blanche permission to say whatever she wants to say. I hope so. She can say it was bad. Uh-huh. <laughs> she can say it was Hopefully she's saying great. 
here's my dream answer. It was so overwhelming. And I, yeah. I knew I couldn't have you, so I got the yeah. next best yeah. thing, which yeah. is Sean. Dream. And I can't stop thinking about it. What if? It obviously didn't deter her too much because she likes the podcast. She might hate yeah. listening to it. Like I used to listen to Rush Limbaugh when I drove cars for a living back and forth across country because I'd be tired. And yeah. I'd be like, oh, I'm so tired. Oh, put on Limbo. I hate everything yeah. he says and really wake me up. Honestly, I was so annoyed by it because she kept putting on podcasts. And I was oh, like, yeah. I'm trying to rock out and not think about it anything right now while we're driving to wherever yeah. like i want to feel the vibe of whatever we're going to a concert we're going to a game we're going somewhere yeah and i want to get prepped i want to yeah. be ready it's like your runs yeah i'm feeling good yeah. and she just put on the and now i'm thinking about all this other stuff <laughs> in my life and i'm trying to escape that stuff by being in the car and then she caught on to the expert here and it was okay I like this. I always imagine, and I hear it from dudes. There's a guy in Michigan that made the best fucking video ever on Instagram, and it got sent to me. He's outside of his house, and he goes, I want to know who this fucking dude is, Dak Shepard, who my fucking wife's always... I want to know this dude's got my <laughs> wife wanting a Pacifica minivan. We got the matcha maker. Oh. We got everything, guys. I'm telling it's you. So I'm telling you. But I'm sympathetic. <laughs> Finally if if Kristen was obsessed with some dude on a podcast, uh, I'd be yeah. like, hon, that what guy the... is full of shit. <laughs> Let me tell you something. That guy's full of shit. Uh, what a party. Well, thanks Adore for you. having me. Thank yeah. you. So gorgeous. What a haircut. <laughs> and now my favorite part of the show, the fact check with my soulmate, Monica Padman. Dreaming's where I'm fearful. Yeah, they get crazy. Oh, everyone. Uh, like a few nights ago, I had a dream where I bought a $59 million Ferrari. Oh, my. And I was drunk. I bought one in my dream, $59 million. I, that number comes from uh, years ago at the Concourse d'Elegance. They auctioned off this Ferrari 240 GTB or something for $59 million. I okay. think that's why it was in my head. Uh huh. I bought it in my dream and I was drunk. I immediately smashed the side of it. So now I have this $59 million car that is going to presumably cost millions to oh fix. My God. And then presumably isn't worth as much as now that I bought it for. So I've just... And you were drunk. And I was drunk. <laughs> and so I'm basically like in debt and what did I do? And it was the most mm. panicky dream of like, oh my God, I ruined my whole life mm. with this purchase and this decision to drink and then to destroy it. Yeah. That was one dream that lasted hours. They're like that. Yeah, I've had mm. a lot of bad dreams lately. Have you? What, mm -hmm. are, what shape do yours take? Mm, lots of different kinds. I mean- Really quick, mine are so transparent. It's like, oh, I'm afraid of being broke again. Right. So like my brain comes up with some preposterous story where I could literally in a decision end up penniless. Yeah. I know the next one. The next night was, I somehow was like, I was in a band with my cousin mm. and we had a show. And oh my God. backstage, Congrats. yes, it was exciting. And then I was like, I can't really play the guitar as well as some, but somehow I was doing it, but then it was unpredictable when I could, because I knew I didn't know why I was able to do it. It was eroding. I see. Then I realized I didn't know any of the fucking songs. We're about to go out on stage and I was gonna fake it, gonna fake it. Finally, I was like, I'm not gonna do this. I'm not gonna walk out on stage and not mm. be able to play the guitar. So I had to like bounce from the big show oh, and admit wow. I didn't know what I was doing. Oh my. <laughs> So then I was like, okay, what is what am I afraid that I'm ill-equipped to do? Yeah, that's a great question. I think in my ruminating, it's I know I want to start writing. I want to write a book, perhaps. Yeah. And there's some 
voice that's like, you don't know how to do that anymore. Mm. Or you've said you know how to do it, yet you haven't done. I don't you feel know. A I, pressure I, I, on I it that's think different. there's some anxiety about I can't actually write as well as I think I can. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, I think though uh, there's a very easy out in that one. What is it? Which is just write for yourself. Just write. I know. And I not know. worry about whether or not you want to. Don't. I'm maybe, breaking my own rule. If you remember, the one rule I tell the people who want to write is oh, permission to write something shitty. Yeah. Just, just right. But there's a reality in that, like, if you sold a book before you wrote it, yes, that's pressure. Yes. So maybe don't do that. Well, and I haven't. I've, which has not been easy. I've turned of down course. like offers to do it, and of course I'm like, oh, opportunity. Will I ever get it again? All I ever want to do is write a book. Uh, but I haven't, thank God, because yeah, then I would probably just ruin any chance of exactly. me doing it. And then yeah. I'd eventually have to be like, okay, bring in the ghostwriter. And then I'd you hate would not. my. Well, I want it, but yeah. let's just say. June 9th is here, and I was supposed to deliver it May 8th. <laughs> Maybe it's time for a ghostwriter. No. Okay. Um, what, so tell me about yours. We I put don't remember details. I don't, I don't. Are you getting physically attacked? Are, are people are betraying you? Uh, heartbreak? They've taken on lots of varieties. I don't, I so far haven't found like a through line necessarily. Okay. Then let's talk about your skin. Oh, because I saw sure. you Saturday and you just come from your witch. I did. I, I went to my facialist. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and <laughs> you put spells on me. Put spells on you and did some micro needling. Yes. Good memory. Yeah. So your face was red. And, yeah. you know. <laughs> and ugly. No, it wasn't ugly. Well, it's never it, ugly. It, it just, it was red. You could red. tell something, some, some trauma had happened to the dermis. <laughs> okay. Okay. And now here we are and. It's glowing. Thank you. The hard work paid off. Thank it's, you. It's consistently a nice color. It's smooth. It's smooth. That's what was You put in the promised. work and we're here. I see the real time gains. She knows what she's talking about. I said, well, you know, I have this thing on Wednesday. Will I be like back to normal? I mean, back to normal, by the way. I like hung out with people that night. Like it wasn't like I needed yeah, you any downtime. No, no, you came no. directly to our house. Yeah, but even then I went out to dinner. It wasn't drastic it was just like my face was a little red and to be clear wednesday is a work thing so you kind of want yes and this was saturday and so yeah wednesday is a work thing and she said oh no actually that's perfect timing it's right when you're gonna write Uh uh-huh she said like wednesday morning your skin should look like baby skin god she knows her. kind of does yeah Yeah. very baby like right now baby yeah i can't tell whether the girl (laughs) on the left or the right has better skin at this point who's who who would have ever thought, looking at that little baby, that her best skin days were ahead of her? Mm. Hard to believe. What a fucking skin journey that little baby's been on. <laughs> she really skin has. Journey. Ew, my God. <laughs> I just had the worst skin ever. People really, when I say that, they don't under, they don't believe. Like a lot of people have been like, really? Uh-huh. It's very hard to impart the level. I mean, it was so bad would you say it was your the number one thing you didn't like about yourself oh i yeah i mean it was the number one thing everyone didn't like oh, about well, me come on that's <laughs> never what we think but no no but I for mean, you personally i'm not underplaying it it wasn't like oh i had like a couple zits and i was like oh no everyone's like looking at them yeah. no i had horrible cystic acne that was uh-huh. my whole face uh-huh. i've never seen a picture of it i guess that's intentional I've never seen a picture of you where your skin looked horrendous. Yeah, I'm probably not sharing those as much. You probably avoided cameras on those days, I too. I did know you. I had a period of time overlap where I knew you, okay. and I had really bad skin. 
Okay. Uh, but I guess you don't remember, don't remember. which is nice. Yeah. Uh, but I did. It's almost impossible to have a good day when you're dealing with that, right? Because the can't. first thing you do is look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, Jesus Christ. Yes. This is what everyone's going to see everywhere I go. Yeah. So hard. It's all you can think about. It's mm -hmm. weird because it's a, um, it sounds vain when mm -hmm. you start getting into this. It's probably why I love skincare videos, you know? It sounds vain, but it's really... <laughs> Your face is the is the first. It's That's the, what we're looking at. It's the first thing. Yeah, like if you have cankles, your thing is oh, I hate my cankles. Yeah, I don't ever see anyone's ankles. You can no. you can hide those if you're insecure about Super them. Super easy. Yeah. So anyway, so I I feel I feel very grateful, but I also feel very dependent on birth control, which is why ding ding ding. Oh my god, my um my egg medicine arrived yesterday. Oh my god, egg medicine. <laughs> My medicine. Is it, a, is it an injection or is it a? It's a lot of injections. It's like a huge box. Can I give box. you those injections? You can give me one. Did they give you needles and stuff? Yeah. Are you supposed to do? Oh, you're gonna do it on your own. Yeah. You, you put it in your belly tissue. Yeah, they have to teach me. I have to go in. So on the first day of my period, which should be August 9th, oh, fingers um, crossed. Tuesday at about 10 a.m. <laughs> the flies will arrive. Yeah, yeah. You'll hear that buzzing probably <laughs> on the 10th. So then I I call them. They're like, it's already paid and whatever. I call and I say, okay, it's my first day of my period. And then I think the next day I come, I go in there. They like test my blood. They do an ultrasound Swaps or whatever. <laughs> yep. And then <laughs> if everything looks okay, then we go through the whole process of like how to do the injections, what to do. And then I start that night. Liz and I will start. Uh-huh. Um, and then not, we're not Liz, Liz. No, not scary Liz. Liz Plank, right. who, we're, Liz. who we're doing the podcast <laughs> with. And then, you know, we'll check in every day on how we're feeling uh, and uh, talk to some other really cool people with interesting fertility stories. There's just so many. And people don't know. Like, I mean, even Rob yesterday, he was like, Do you want to go to this concert on this day? And I was like, Oh, I do, but it's the first day I'm starting my shots. And so I'll probably feel bad. So probably not. And then what'd you say? Like, I, don't, yeah. <laughs> basically, I didn't know there were shots for this. Right. Uh -huh. Like he just didn't know anything. He was sure. like, oh, I didn't know it was like all these days and all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, why would you? Like most people don't or don't have to, except a lot of women do. Uh, yeah, I don't. Although I've had many friends that have gone through like IVF and all these different things. I don't know that my expectation would be that I'd feel bad as much as oh i'm gonna feel different you know me i'm kind of an optimist with drugs i'd be kind of excited probably perhaps you'll feel good or does mm -hmm. that never happen <laughs> i thought it was gonna be like just donating sperm and uh, no. tug 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 spray 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 no i mean no i think like you feel really it, it depends i mean we'll find out you yeah. know i guess i don't like know PMS -y? How is that what it's i mean you're shooting yourself up with so many hormones i know but yeah, but in the case of testosterone, like that's that's groovy. I'm more engaged and have more energy. So I I guess it's just bad. I don't know. I don't know. We'll I don't see. Know either. I'm going to find out. People have a lot of different uh experiences. So anyway, so those arrived. Why did I bring it up? Those arrived skin. skin. Oh, skin. Yes. So I I didn't get on birth control, which I was should have done. Get off. Basically, yes. So when I went to my consultation for the eggs months and months ago, mm -hmm. she was like, you know, it'll increase your chances of getting more eggs if you get off birth control. Uh huh. And I was like, do I have to? 
And right. she said, no, you don't have to, but your your count will probably be limited because of it. Right. And I was like, but you, fuck. And then I didn't. You have quality over quantity, though. You have those big, mm -mm. big eggs. Mm -mm. Oh. They're normal size. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I didn't, and yeah. now I regret it, of course. Oh, you do? Of course. I'm about to do this crazy thing that's really expensive, mm -hmm. and I did not give myself the best shot At because success. I was worried about my skin. Yeah, I get it. And it's just already shitty. <laughs> well, okay, good. That'll make for a good episode, I suppose. But um, as your friend, I'm sorry. That's what you're feeling. Yeah. It is interesting that being a human is a negotiation. So, like, I also remember, like, when you went on Kepra and it was like, you can't drink. Or at least for a while, you thought you couldn't drink. Mm -hmm. 30 were, ounces. Yeah, and you were like, well, I'm gonna. You yeah. know? Like, I won't take... This is not critical. It's just interesting. I won't take... Um, melatonin because i'm afraid that will interact poorly mm -hmm. yet i love this thing so i'm gonna do and i'm that way too i think we're all that well way. everyone's doing risk reward uh -huh. on every single decision you make in life so mm -hmm. everything has one so the melatonin had a risk reward that i didn't want to take right the alcohol has a risk reward that i did want to take yep but it's not like... And then the eggs and the skin and the... Exactly. I think it was a bad choice. I already made a, a choice I can't undo. Mm. But I have, like, scarred. Mm -hmm. Ding, ding, ding. Um, like that goose. From, uh, from skin issues. And, yeah. like, I'm, I'm like, I can't... What my rationale was, I can't sacrifice my skin... For something I don't even know for sure I'm going to want, use, yep. whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know you want good skin. That's yeah, a given. That's that's uh, that's gr the law of gravity. And <laughs> through learning how affected I am self-esteem-wise, everything when mm -hmm. my skin doesn't look. Your confidence, okay. your ability to do yeah. your job. It's, yeah. it's deep. Yeah. But I think it was a mistake. I didn't have anything that um, strong. I had my teeth, right? Because my teeth. When you were younger. Well, they were so fucked up and the overbite was so extreme. And there were so many years in the orthodontia. Yeah. That that is a PTSD thing for me. In that yeah. I think I do have an inordinate amount of dreams of teeth trouble. You do, yeah. Yeah. Which is supposed to signify something. But I also think like, well, if all things are equal, maybe it does. But if you also spent 10 years in orthodontia mm -hmm. and then got punched in the mouth with braces and it cut the whole inside of your mind, you know, it might be a little different. So yeah, my stuff is always like, I'm fucking, all of a sudden I know it's like, oh my God, these things are loose. Yeah. Oh my God, they're in the process of falling out. Oh, I have well, so many listen, of if they fall out, we'll send you to my awesome dentist. <clears> He'll <throat> put a nice set of veneers on you. You're right. And you know, there it goes with the human part. Like I have a certain thing. I don't, judge anyone with veneers i, know, I we've, don't we've dislike veneers time. i have decided those aren't for me i know they're very not punk rock <laughs> yeah i mean we've obviously had this debate a million times about me getting them and then i've, I've sort of fallen on your side but then when i heard that podcast again i was like mm. "Ooh, maybe i should rethink it yeah it'd be one thing if you had shit teeth but you just got a gorgeous grill thanks okay speaking of white teeth yeah this is for sean white teeth <laughs> oh wow that's wonderful yeah wonderful wonderful and when we just had a guest on yesterday we found out is friends with sean white and has vacationed with sean yeah white. It was very exciting very very exciting 
I don't know why. There's another peculiar thing. We're just full of contradictions. That's humans. Yeah. I guess that's what it is. I I don't like being famous most of the time. I'll just say that. That sounds gross, but whatever. Yet, I was very pleased to hear that when Sean was at the Formula One, he was a huge sensation. Isn't that interesting? Wait, what, what is that? Because the person the we interviewed had been to a Formula One yeah. race with Sean White. Yeah. And everywhere they went, they're like, come in this garage. Yeah. Everyone, yeah, everyone knows. I mean, and then I think I recognize how globally humongous huge. he is. Yes. Yeah. And then I was happy for him. Right. That at Formula One, he was a big deal that all the drivers also wanted to meet, which is a peculiar thought for me. Huh. You why do you saying? but well why do you think it's because well, I peculiar? wouldn't want to be more famous. No, but you wanna be loved by all the Formula One drivers. I absolutely do. <laughs> yeah. But I, I don't want more attention, yet I was happy for him that he gets so much more attention. That's the contradiction. Mm, I see. Why would I be happy for him? I wouldn't like that. I mean, I'd just like the Formula One driver part. Right. Which is the part she was talking about that triggered this i guess but you're just saying in general you like that he's famous yes when she said that i liked that this sweet boy we talked to for three yeah. hours walks around monaco and everyone's pumped yes. for him so i still have this residual fairy tale about fame mm. from growing up i guess that's oh, what i'm that's saying like i have a, i have a, i have an idea of fame that is me as a kid and then i have an idea of fame as someone who has some of it yeah and they're both in my head gosh fame is so interesting well, for what I don't, I don't know why. And I can't believe this hasn't come up before. But like, I hate that word. Yeah, me too. I hate celebrity. The word celebrity, and I hate the word fame and famous. But like, I'd much rather swap. Like, if I'm talking about someone, for the most part, mm -hmm. I, I'd I would say like public figure, recognizable. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm I, huge actor, even uh, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because I find that word so gross. Well, it's in, it's implicitly a status word. Yeah, but yeah. Um, right. Huge actor isn't a status thing. It's like a fact. Exactly. Uh, limp five time Olympian is a fact. Yeah, and he's I guess super like, famous is like saying he's so popular. It's exactly it. Yeah, and I'm like, you. That's not. <laughs> that's not anything to want to be. I guess that's the thing. Like when it's used as a positive thing, or I guess just even as a thing. Mm -hmm. That is not wanting to be a huge actor. Wanting mm -hmm. to be, you know, successful or whatever. To me, is like okay, that's something aspirational. But famous has like something gross attached to it. It does, but I also will add that's a personal thing. I, For I, me, yeah, yeah. Like I am not in judgment of someone who would just want to be famous and have people say hi to them everywhere. I'm totally fine with that. That angers some people. Like, well, I just want to be famous for the sake of being famous, or they're not, fam they're just famous for being famous. Like, that does, doesn't bother me. If that makes someone happy, you go get it. But it doesn't. It I doesn't. guess that's for me. Oh, does it make them happy? It doesn't make them happy. And so that I guess that's tied in. But it's I like think this it'd be allure. more truthful to say it wouldn't make you happy. Like, But that's our whole <clears> show. <throat> People getting that level of status. They reach these things, including fame, that's alluring. And then they get there and it's like, fuck. I would frame it differently. I don't think that's the show. The show's not see famous being it sucks or that you'd be stupid to want to be famous or that it's gross no. the show is do your fantasies when they come true heal the inner damage and struggle you that happy. you have that's what happiness is they don't make you happy but to me well so again just the tiniest difference mm -hmm. to me it's a question it's not a statement 
The mm. question is, did it solve anything right. for you? That's of interest to me. Yeah, yeah. If someone says it totally did, like Mark Maron, a little tiny bit, the closest we've ever gotten, said, yeah, it did. I'm not like, well, you're wrong and it's bad for you and it doesn't lead to happiness. I'm like, oh, that's for you it worked or for you you like it or for you, you know. Mm -hmm. I've certainly met people where I, I, at least it seems that they enjoy being famous. And I, I think that's great. I literally think it's great. Like Matthew McConaughey seems to enjoy being famous. Like he's not uncomfortable in the role of the most popular guy in the room or the crowd. So I'm just saying it's really complicated and I don't mind any outcome of it or am I in judgment of it. I would only make the statement that for me, it didn't heal anything. Although I'm sure it healed some stuff as well. Mm -hmm. Full of contradictions here. How would I know? <laughs> you know, I feel pretty confident. And uh, so it probably did. You know, there's probably some element of it that has validated me. It's just really, it's a, yeah, it's a dense, weird. It is. Yeah. You can also hate things and love them at the same time. Like I loved cocaine and I hated it. Right. You know, so you can like love fame and hate it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are good things to it for sure. Oh, big time. But yeah. I'll tell you this. This is just to wrap it up. I certainly enjoy the fame of this show more than I've ever enjoyed the fame of anything else. And so, you mean being recognized from this show? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I generally love meeting the people that love this show, and I genuinely internalize the pride of it. Yeah. Um, and I've not done that on other things. So when I see someone that's like famous for the sake of being famous, mm -hmm. I would think, oh, they they can't even enjoy that because there's nothing under it. But that was for me. Right. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to actually be judgmental of what anyone would find profound. Like I happen to find the interaction with armchair is profound and meaningful. Yeah. Who am I to say that because you love my Instagram, it's not the same. Yeah. I mean, I guess uh, my fear for people who, who want to be famous blanketly mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is they're searching for adoration from strangers mm -hmm. with no connection. Mm-hmm. You don't have to say it, but I, I'm going to be fine saying out loud that that's not healthy. Well, you could also use a different word than fame, which is I think people want to be seen. And that's something I'm like, understand. Yeah, but and not be, from people who who you have no connection to. But you're on planet Earth and you want to be seen and you want to know that people recognize you were there with them and that you weren't insignificant. So it's like. There's some mildly um, endearing parts of it and sympathetic parts, which yeah. is like the desire to be seen, I like. Like I understand sure. and I, I think we all want to be seen and taken seriously and listened to. And Respected, a, yes. Yeah, and, and like so that represents being seen in this very big way. Yeah. And so when I think of someone who just wants to be famous, like they want to be popular, but also – that could be one version of it, but another version could just be like, I want to be significant while I was yeah. here. Yeah. That, I mean, look, I love that. I think mm -hmm. wanting to be significant or leaving a impression or whatever is great. But to me, that those are so vastly different things. Mm -hmm. But I guess I, I can see that they're tied. They could be tied. Yeah. Okay. Did America invent snowboarding? Yes. Ah, wonderful. Sure did. Wonderful. Developed in the U.S. in the 1960s, uh, became a winter sport in 98. 
Listen, we talk a lot of shit on America, and when we got a feather in our cap, let's take it. We also sure. invent all the cool shit, man. We, cool. All these stupid sports that get radical, skateboarding, motocross, yeah. all these things. It's fun. We're wild. We're out there pushing the envelope, you know? Big time. <laughs> <laughs> what news outlet is where, where he talks about being on the plane and stuff? Um, it is CNN, and I have the clip. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> You'd probably get whatever you wanted if you showed that, if you were showing that to anybody. For sure. It's pretty crazy, though. I mean, it's, it's heavy, and I don't know. I think it really hit me that I got the gold when I uh, I went to bed, and then I woke up the next day, and this thing was just sitting on the dresser next to me. It was cool. You weren't sleeping with it? No, I... I you know what the worst was? I, I kind of I blew it, and I was flying home, and I almost checked it under the plane. I was like, maybe I should hang on to that. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. let it go. Were you showing people on the airplane? Were people asking to see it? Or Yeah, like, um, what happened was the funniest thing is, <laughs> is, is the, the stewardess had all seen the, the games, and, and they were just so excited to see me. And they're like, you have the gold? And, and I mean, I had, like... I had unlimited like service after that. I was getting drinks and I was getting <laughs> snacks and I mean I was taking photos in the back with all the all the students. Wait a minute, drinks? You're 19 years old. Yeah, I'm talking about Mountain Dews, baby. Uh <laughs> all right. <laughs> He called me baby. He called me baby. <laughs> Mountain Dews. Oh, right. I like that it's plural. I'm talking Mountain Dews, baby. <laughs> oh, so great. Oh, my gosh. She looks so different now. Yeah. It's amazing. He's such a man now. Yeah. I mean, he's a kid. He was like a little, little baby boy. Oh, big old hairdo. <laughs> big old Ron McDonald hairdo. Okay. Did Tony Hawk partner with Nike to build the skate park? I don't think so. When I tried to find a connection with Nike, there's some shoe stuff, but I'm not seeing any collaboration on a skate, skate park. park. But he does have the skate park project, which used to be the Tony Hawk Foundation. Okay. And it's a skateboarding organization that helps communities build public skate parks for youth and underserved communities. Mm. And it was founded this year. Wonderful. I mean, I'm sorry, 2002. <laughs> 20 years ago. Perfect. <laughs> this year, 20 years ago. <laughs> Today, 20 years ago. And he's built over 600 skate parks. <sighs> That's so cool. That he's so nice. I got to tell you, the fun part about this interview, uh, well, there are many fun parts, but I didn't know what a gangster skateboarder he Me was and then either. he grew up around Tony Hawk and I he know. lived at a skate park. I was like, oh, that's a whole like, <laughs> oh, by the way, he's also a champion at this. I wild. know. I had no idea. I had no idea. Hmm. I'm glad he's so famous. <laughs> <laughs> I wish he was more famous for skateboarding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He said, and I missed this in live. In real life? Yeah. <laughs> he said, we're going to need a retainer. And I think he was calling back to Goodwill Hunting. I think. The way he said yeah. retainer and that word. I, I felt like it was a reference to the movie, but I didn't know that line. That's a line. You knew that line. Yeah, but I missed it in live. Whoa. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And You're, that's I, your Bible. I know. And then I felt like, fuck, we should have talked about it. Mm -hmm. How did Virgil die? Virgil Abloh, the the fashion designer mm. he died from cancer oh um yeah and he was 41 mm. and it was really it was a private so no one knew and then he and then he died which was very sad he was huge in the fashion industry and he said he thinks he started out as kanye's assistant 
A trained architect who also worked in Chicago street fashion entered the world of international fashion with an internship at Fendi in 2009 alongside American rapper Kanye West. Mm, They were both in the internship? I do think um, Kanye West did do an internship. Yeah, I do remember that. Okay, then maybe. Yeah. It says he assumed the role of creative director at Donda, which is Kanye's. Donda is the name of his mom. Okay. I was going to say, you've now surpassed my knowledge of fashion. I don't know what Donda is. Donda is Kanye's mom. Com- mom, man. Very present in the doc that I liked. Yeah. West Creative Agency. Okay, in another. That's name is Donda. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, he worked with Kanye. <laughs> Apparently, they just made photocopies and coffee for 500 bucks a month. Oh. Together. That was their job? Oh, the at Fendi? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Who is it? It's Atlanta, Northwest Georgia. Oh. It rings on your... so many calls. You can have a phone call on your... It was rings it a FaceTime? No. It was a voice call. Yeah, it's weird. It rings on here. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know if I like it or not. I think just because my phone's close by. Okay. How dangerous are trampolines? Mm, let's get some data. Okay. Research reported nearly 100,000 trampoline-related injuries in a one-year period among children. Uh, small children are 14 times more likely to get hurt than bigger children. Three-quarters of all trampoline injuries occur when multiple kids are jumping at one yeah, time. You get that double bounce. Oh, yeah. Yep. Balls are the major culprit when it comes to injury. Duh. According to the American Academy of Pediatrics, botched somersaults and flips are often the cause of cervical spine injuries with mm. permanent injury. Ay. I bet, well, I don't know. I'm talking on my a-hole right now. But uh-huh. I wonder if there's 100,000 dirt bike injuries a year. For kids? Yeah. Yeah, but how many kids? It's, you have to look at percentages. How many kids have trampolines? I, th- I didn't know. She, I, I mean, maybe they're more ubiquitous these days than when i was a kid but like there were two people in my whole neighborhood who had one i'm gonna say more kids are on trampolines than dirt bikes okay okay all right no you You know i represent the american motorcycle association now right (laughs) you're doing a great job thank you well that's why they hired me it's it comes from the heart oh yeah you believe in it Mm -hmm. you have to believe in your cause when is whaling season oh because he saw a big whale jump out Oh, well, watching. Yeah. Whaling's when you kill whales. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> They've outlawed whaling. You know, you you just, <laughs> well, I was like, why are you going to tell us when whaling season? To be fair, that's the way he phrased it. Okay. Uh, whale watching season in Southern California between January and April. Okay, so we're out of the window. We're not going to see any good whales not, right now. Not now. We yeah. have to wait till your birthday. Yay. <laughs> what if I did whale watching birthday party? Boy, that'd be Oh, boring. wait. Hold on. Back up. If you're, oh wow! Is that just humpbacks? So, if you're interested in gray whales, humpback whales, dolphins, and sea lions, Turner, this is from Travel and Leisure, suggests coming down to Southern California anytime between January and April. For blue whales and finback whales, try May through September. Ding 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 ding! We're right in the middle of it. And for mink whales, not a thing. M i n k e. Okay. Uh, what's her name? Minka Kelly whales? Yes, Minka Kelly whales. Thank you. Come October through December. Halloween whales. Okay. Autumnal whales. We're in blue whale season currently. That would be the whale I'd most want to see in life. Yeah. You know, have you ever scoured the internet looking for videos of blue whales? Very few exist. Really? They're the most 
<gasps> limited edition. The most elusive, for sure. When they they don't breach like those humpbacks do, which is great. They don't come out of the water, but they roll out, right? So it's like their mm. mouth comes up and then their mm. back, and it's like dolphiny, like a snake. Like if you can imagine a snake <laughs> okay. swimming in the water, what? and that back is just coming out forever. I mean, they're impossibly long. They're a hundred feet long. Wow, fucking two and a half big browns. That's the big whale, right? That's the biggest animal to ever live on right, planet blue Earth. Right, blue whale. Yeah, 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 I want to see that. Have you seen Heart this picture? Heart the size of a Volkswagen Did Beetle. I already show Tongue you? Tongue the size of an elephant. Did I already show you this picture? I'm sure I did. After I love we... listening to typing. It's such a soothing sound. It is soothing. Yeah. I also noticed that you you um, text really quickly. I always enjoy listening to you, oh. hearing you text as well. <laughs> This picture. Have you seen this picture? Can you see it from here? Not great. What's is there a little something there as a point of reference? It's a boat. Okay. And then you see the shadow yeah, of I the whale. I can see the blue whale from here perfectly. And so that's, that's a, a boat, boat on yeah, it's top taking of the whale. A hundredth of the whale. Yeah. But wow. it's like it's eerie because that means there was a whale under them. Yeah, who could just accidentally surface and topple a boat? Uh, exactly. So this is why the ocean's scary. You'd be safe in there with it. They don't. They have no harm. They don't harm humans. But I'd fall out of the boat and I'd drown. Okay, well that would be the sea that killed you, not the blue whale. Oh, but I mean, you know, tomato, tomato. Well, <laughs> intentions matter, and they don't. <laughs> Contradictions. I don't think they matter if I'm dead. Yeah. Either way, I'm dead. Um, okay, Tony. Not true. They matter. If someone comes up to you and knifes you, mm -hmm. you're dead. That person and I are meeting in an alley at some point. Okay. An old man falls off his bicycle and falls in front of a car, <laughs> and the car swerves and misses the old man and kills you. I don't have to meet that person in an alley. Oh, okay. So they matter. I mean, the outcome is unfortunate in both cases, but one person I got to meet in an alley and the other person I don't. That's fair. Yeah. But when it's a sea versus a whale, you know, I don't think... Well, that's the old man in the sea. It's the ages. <laughs> it's jaws. It's everything. It's, yeah, man versus nature. Oh. Iliad and the Odyssey. Keep going. Okay. Homer. <laughs> Moby Dick. Moby Dick. Moby Dick. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Tony Robbins Doc. You like to, you always call it this. You, I'm not your fucking guru. Yeah, but it's not fucking. Well, it has F and then it has like um, the asterisk so that it doesn't spell it out. But when you like type in his doc, it's just called I'm not your guru. Really? Did you pull up a one sheet for it? Hold on. Now, Look I'm, at the now I'm anxious. Look at the posty. I mean, that's a poster. Yeah, I'm, I'm not seeing it with the F word either. That's There is no F word. I thought it was F, asterisk, asterisk. Asterisk, 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 asterisk. It's like Mandela effect. Oh I bet God. a lot of people thought that. Why did I think that? Because you've been saying it. Because you have been, been saying, saying that a lot. But don't wouldn't I have had to have thought it before I said it? Rob? Yeah, but because he says fuck a lot, he's a he's a he's a potty mouth <laughs> sailor. Back to the sea. He's a old man in the sea. He's a sailor. <laughs> he's a um, force. Oh, he's a force of nature. So, uh, you know, maybe that's why. Um, those are our facts for Mr. White. Okay. Now off the cuff. Expectations versus... Mm. Reality? Mm-hmm. So, 
much different. I expected him to be less like familiar, personable, but I did expect it to be interesting because he's one of the biggest athletes to live. I've wanted him forever. I've been corresponding with him forever to get this to happen. And it exceeded my expectations by like five acts. Yeah. He's such a good conversationalist. Very. Like I wasn't expecting what a dynamic conversationalist he is. Yeah, agreed. I thought it would be more sportsy based than. It was three or four hours. And I was like, I could, I want five more hours of your stories. They're all so good. They're so well told. Yeah. Yeah. He was really fun. I'm pretty in love with him. I might shoot him a text now that I have the number. Okay, give him a little shoot. A little, a little pop, pop. <laughs> little, pop out. Little, I'll call him on his uh, on his computer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Mm. Would you ever be excited to answer a call over your computer? Even if it was like Matt Damon called? It feels wrong to not have it to your ear. And <laughs> Wait, then even... I, don't, I don't know if I can answer. Here, will you call? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. It probably depends if they're calling you. Because you can call FaceTime audio. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Okay. Call Regs and let's see what happens. Well, I agree with Rob. I don't think Regs is going to work, but I'm going to try it. But I think if I FaceTime you and then I only do the telephone icon yeah. and not the face, it'll ring well, there. Well, we have to but test. Let's just try a regular old phone call. Ringing on yeah. my end. Okay. So now let's go back. Wow. that the the robots are calling you FaceTime audio. I know. That is. So let me go over to video. Well, huh. let me go to, I'm going to open up. Here's what I'm going to do, Monica. It showed up on here. It just didn't ring. Right. Huh. I understand. <laughs> you linked your Apple ID to your phone number. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, let's try this. Here we go. It is just a mobile call on my end now. Yeah. Okay, answer. Hello? I'm sorry, what was I'm that? Sorry, what was that? Um, who is this? You sound terrible. Are you in a convertible? I'm in wait, I wish you could really go out in here if it sounds weird. It sounds fine. <laughs> There's a pretty sizable delay. Like I watch your face say what you're gonna say and then I hear it. A bit a later. Bit later. Yeah. yeah. That's what Zoom's like. It's because you're doing this through internet. Sure. Sure. Look, Rob, you know a lot more than me, technically, but I'm also not a fucking dumbass, okay? I understand that it's going to go through the internet for computers making the phone call. Okay. Oh, she hung up on me. It was a bad connection, and you hung up. That's how the internet works. Sometimes there's bad connection, and then you have to hang up. Oh, that up. was just a case of a bad... You didn't yeah. hang up on me? No. Oh, it just hung it up on itself. It sounded like a hang up. Like, I, I heard a click first. Wow. It was delayed. That's weird. And I saw a finger <laughs> clicking, but whatever. Wow. You're, I'm sure it was the internet. I'm doing the other stuff. As Rob just explained to me, that's happening over the internet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rob, I, I learned. <laughs> I didn't know. You guys can have your own tech relationship. I'm just establishing some boundaries with he and I's tech relationship. That's like funny. I understand the difference between Wi-Fi and cellular. Okay. Maybe not much beyond that. It's probably hard for you to navigate. Okay, I love you. Love you. <laughs>